0: Hello and welcome to the Weird Geeks Horror Channel and the Romero's Living Dead Retrospective Podcast. Where every Friday we'll be covering a new installment in the classic horror franchise. Warning, this podcast contains strong language and spoilers throughout. Go to weirdgeeks.com to check out our other podcast series, social medias, Twitch streams, contact details and news on our very own feature films, albums and shorts that are currently in production for our publisher, We Are Tessellate we Geeks is not affiliated with any of the rights holders of the films referenced, and no infringement is intended. Geeks!
1: Geeks!
0: Geeks! Hello and welcome back to the We Are Geeks Horror Channel, where every single Friday we take you through another... And somewhat in a classic horror retrospective franchise. Right now we're doing all of Romero's Living Dead and we are on episode four, Land of the Dead 2005. I'm your host, Al White, and joining me for our every zombie film is Christina Masterson. Hello. And Haruka Abe. Hola. Hola. Didn't go with the hayas today.
2: I no, I didn't want to be racist.
0: It's one of my personal favorite moments in all of our podcasts ever. <laughs> was that last week? I can't remember. <laughs> uh, oh, so the, the weeks feel so long when we're dealing with these zombie films uh, how are you guys doing are you ready for some more Romero
3: yeah oh uh, yeah
0: it is I'm finding it weird this is about the point where I'm finding it strange to be doing one of these horror franchises and realizing yeah, every week it's the same director it is a bit surreal like you're normally used to like some fresh blood coming in about this point you're on episode four of a series it's like strange to have the same person with maybe the same things they want to talk about but well, yeah, we'll get into it. Before we talk about the movie, though, we like to lay down a little bit of the landscape of the year. We're talking about 2005. I believe this is a year we've actually covered twice before in our retrospectives, but we're going to find out when we go through it. Christina, can you take us through the top 10 movies at the box office in the entire world in 2000 and the fives?
3: I would be happy to. We so, call them
0: the noughties in the UK, by the way. What do you call them in the US? The that what? Decade? We called <laughs> Don't look at me like that. We called them the Naughties. That's what we called them.
3: What? Like N O U G
0: H T? Yeah. Like so, between 2000 and 2010, we called that the Naughties.
3: The Naughties, like you have been a naughty boy.
0: <laughs> no, like <laughs> the, like number naught. Oh, do you not say the number naught in America? Do you just say zero?
3: Yeah, we just say zero. Oh. Interesting.
0: So we say the word naught. I've never heard it. What do you, like if someone said there's not how do you put that in a sentence, Ruka? Like, not um, left out. Like, there's not reason.
3: Yeah.
1: To- oh, no, we I don't can say do?
3: that in America. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no.
0: you got to add more Gs and Hs into your words, America. Get on with it. Yes, yeah, so we called it the noughties. And sometimes I say that in America to my friends, and they're like, what the fuck are you talking about?
2: Oh, well, that explains
3: it. <laughs> we call it t- the 2000s.
0: Well, that's just a mouthful, but <laughs> Noughties is, just rolls off the tongue.
3: What are I we in now? We're in the teens? think there might, teams? you know what, be another name for it, but I can't really remember right now.
0: What about, okay, so now we're in the teens, I guess. The bit before is the Noughties or the 2000s. What about the weird bit before you get into the teen years, you know, like 2011, 12? What about those couple?
3: I don't know what that's called. No idea. Oh
0: man. I hope there are people on this. I hope there are scientists working this <laughs>
3: <laughs> i think i mean they all do have a they all do have kind of like a a name to it right
0: we did none of, the three of us aren't smart enough to that. <laughs> 2010s that's fine. That's
3: fine. 2020s i think that's right.
0: well for us in the uk we're bang smack in the middle with this film with 2005 right in the middle of the noughties a good a good decade <laughs> <laughs> for
3: fun. i like it you know what that sounds a lot better anyways
0: <laughs> sorry so yeah um derailed straight away what's one what of the films <laughs>
3: Okay, so we got number 10, Hitch.
0: What? Oh, that's Will Smith, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah,
3: that's Will Smith, Eva Mendes, or Ava, is right. it Ava? Ava Mendes. Yeah. Oh. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I never saw that. Well, no, actually, did I? I, I think I, I saw I it. Yeah, it's one of those-
3: Comedy Immediately romance. forgettable
0: films, isn't it?
3: <laughs> Your favorite you type it, of film.
0: And by the time you go to sleep, it's evaporated from your brain.
3: <laughs> well, it made it to number 10. That's pretty good.
0: Well, it doesn't mean it's good. It says a lot about the public.
3: (laughs) And number nine is Batman Returns.
0: Ooh. Batman Returns? I'm sorry,
3: Begin. (laughs) Begin. (laughs) (laughs) Batman Begins.
0: Okay. Uh, That's with
3: Christian Bale.
0: Cool. Okay. Okay. The beginnings of the new comic book movies.
3: (laughs) Number eight, we got Charlie and the Chocolate Factory.
0: Oh, terror! Mm. Another. We're just talking about a terrifying thing I saw before this. There's another thing that terrifies me. Legitimately, all the Charlie in Chocolate Factory stuff,
2: even the I- Tim Burton one.
3: <sighs> it's the well, Johnny yeah. Depp one.
0: Yeah, yeah. But like the old-fashioned <laughs> one, I love, but it still scares me. The Tim Burton one scares me, and I hate it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You, know, you love re- it. Yeah, yeah. I remember watching this when I was a kid, and I think I was a kid.
0: Well yeah, you're talking about the old one, like the the little the old, old one, yeah?
3: I found it so crazy. I thought it was just like this just insane world. It's pretty cool. But also scary.
0: Yeah. But cool. Really scary. They like eat stuff and go floating. A kid goes like fat and purple and they (laughs) stuff him in a tube. It's like it's fucking one drowns in chocolate.
3: (laughs) Wait, hey, did you want to go to that chocolate factory? I did.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. And it's like it's when you. I actually rewatched it last oh, a few months ago um, when I was in Colorado, and the so Willy Wonka is he's fucking terrifying. Like he is <laughs> unhinged beyond belief. There are sentences that I don't know. Like in the new one, because like yeah, I don't. I didn't. I watched the new one once and I hated it so much I didn't go back. But like, in the original, it's like he's so magnetic, but he is absolutely terrifying. <laughs> like you have, If you haven't seen the original Charlie and Chocolate Factory, go go back and watch it. And
3: I remember little bits of it.
0: Yeah, so we should keep
3: going. <laughs> okay, let's move on <laughs> to number seven, Mr. and Mrs. Smith.
0: Oh, oh man. Brett Pitt and Angelina, and Angelina Jolie, Jolie back when that actually, meant Actually,
3: when they filmed this movie, I was working in the hotel that they stayed in when they filmed their scenes in industry. Hills. Oh well, really? No, not Industry Hills. I'm sorry, City of Industry. Yeah, I used to work at that hotel there at one of the restaurants, and I remember everybody saying that they were they were staying there.
0: Wow. When you say, when you say working, do you mean stalking? That what
3: you're no, no. <laughs> I worked at the restaurant as a hostess with the mostess. <laughs> <laughs> and you know that's probably where they started their love affair because they did start their love affair on that movie. Just saying. True. 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 Yeah.
0: Yeah. It was all thanks to you.
3: Yep. Where I grew up, West Covina. <laughs> okay, number six. <laughs> we caught uh, Madagascar.
0: Ooh, oh, the a ethical cartoon. dilemma. Have you seen this film? I'm sorry, it's the animation. Like, it is like a huge ethical dilemma to present to children that I think is... I'm always for treating children like adults, but this film... It's just, hey, fall in love with this set of animals, fall in love with this lion, and now we're going to present a problem that this lion wants to eat his friends. It's like, brilliant. It's, it's so <laughs> fucked up. I've never and seen
3: you, it. I've
0: never seen it. you can't resolve it? that. You no. can't resolve that problem, though. It's like, in order to resolve that, you have to decide, should we be eating animals or not, when you know you don't have to, which is something... That's like, you know, that's a philosophical argument that we can't really do, and they tried to tackle it in Madagascar.
2: <laughs> and they, they totally solved the problem in the end.
0: Did they? What's the yeah. what's the solution? Fish. Fish. Fishy. Fuck the fuck. Poor fish.
3: fish. <laughs> Haven't they one finding Nemo?
0: exactly
3: (laughs) and wait i just got a backtrack when i said that i watched charlie and the chocolate factory as a kid i guess i wasn't a kid because if mr and mrs smith came out the same year i mean i was already working
0: no but you meant like there's an original charlie and chocolate factory from the 70s whatever
3: maybe that's what i Mm. i remember but i also remember seeing this one so i really don't Mm. know (laughs)
0: <laughs> your life is just a blur,
3: teenager kid.
0: <laughs> You've talked to me before about you have a section of your life you just don't even remember. So who yeah. knows what <laughs> happened in
3: that. Oh man. Okay. So number five, we got King Kong with Naomi Watts and Jack Black.
2: That's the Peter Jackson one.
0: Is yes, it? yeah. Peter Jackson. Jackson. Was it the Was this the first thing he did? Oh. With the Lord of the Rings? Did he go Adrian, straight to this? Or?
3: Adrian Possibly. Brody's in it too. Yeah. Oh yeah.
2: I've Remember never Adrian seen it.
0: Brody? <laughs> <laughs> what happened to him? He was great. I yeah, used to like Adrian Brody. Yeah.
2: He's still around, isn't he?
0: What's he doing? Well, he was oh, in no. Grand
2: Budapest Hotel, but I guess that's not that that's, recent that anymore. Was
0: a long time ago Oh, you know
3: what I just watched, guys, for the first time? What? Rushmore.
0: Did you? Oh, oh it was
3: so good. Oh, yeah. I
0: fucking love that movie so much. Brilliant. Love it. Oh. Love, okay. it, love it, love it. That was that was the first Wes Anderson film I saw when I was in art school, and it blew my mind. And then we so immediately good. watched The Royal Tenenbaums straight away afterwards, and then my mind yeah. even more blown. And I was like, "Fuck <laughs> no, this guy."
3: Yeah, so this good. Guy. Yeah, we've been watching. We're trying to watch all his movies.
0: Oh, let me know oh. genuinely. Let me know how you feel by the end because I'm interested in that because I love him. Of which one? No, by the time you get to the end of all of them, because I, oh, okay. I love him so much, but I do get a little bit okay. You're just making the same movie over and over and over again, you know. So for me, there it's are always a lot like, of
3: similarities. You could tell, like what he very likes. Very similar. He likes smoking. He likes, <laughs> right? yeah. he likes characters to smoke for sure. Yeah. He loves water. Okay. People who listen to
0: this podcast. Are like, are we going to talk about fucking zombies? I'm sorry. <laughs> okay.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Number four, we have War of the Worlds. Steven Spielberg, Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise yeah, Dakota Fanning.
0: Pretty, other than the stupid ending to this, this is I thought it was pretty fun. You can go and see the plane from this. They like moved a whole bunch of the set and it's on the Universal ride in LA, which is kind of cool. So you go through sure. like the wrecked city and the, 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 literally the life-size plane that they just tore apart. That's really cool.
3: Cool. Okay. now num- the
0: movie.
3: <laughs> Moving on to um, <laughs> <laughs> number three, The Chronicles of Narnia, The Lion, The Witch and the Wardrobe. Aww. Yeah. See, <laughs> I remember watching this as a kid too, but I guess yeah. I wasn't really a kid. You were not a
1: kid, Christina. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> crazy.
0: man. Yeah, the sad, these never really took off. I love the books of these, but the films mm-hmm. were never really lived up to the source material. Yeah. Yeah. Did it do the, it for you? No, they will not I mean, the books are great. I grew up on these, like with them, not realizing the, <laughs> that they're just brainwashing Christian <laughs> ideals and Jewish <juries> like you <laughs> because it's all about Christianity. But yeah, the films are just like me. Yeah.
2: yeah, I mean, I grew up watching the BBC, mm-hmm. Land of Witch in the Wardrobe. So the film yeah. was like it was all right, but it wasn't as special as the hmm. original BBC. That but big anyway. puppet lion in yeah. the BBC.
0: <laughs> <pretty Aww>.
3: great. <laughs> this is yeah the only thing I was exposed to. So whatever, <laughs> <laughs> it was good for me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> in your childhood.
3: Um, number two, we got. Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge also of the done Sith. Done this exact
0: list before, then on podcast yeah, Wars I
3: know. Isn't podcast? that funny how you can't? I don't remember, I don't any remember of these. at all.
0: <laughs> Again, we keep doing this sometimes, and you'll repeat the same year, and I'm like, I want to go back to the other podcast and see did we have the exact same comments to say about the film?
3: Yeah, I don't think I did.
0: <laughs> Maybe you got it wrong. Uh, yeah, you can hear our opinions on Star Wars Three. Did you say Revenge of the Sith? Was that
1: wrong? Uh, uh,
0: On our podcast, (laughs) which Christina and I were on, along with Alex, on the chart
3: number one, we have Harry Potter and the Goblet Mm. of Fire.
0: Ooh, is that the fourth one? Isn't it? Fourth one, yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, nothing happens.
2: (laughs) A lot happens.
0: No, nothing happens in that movie. Cedric
2: Diggory dies.
0: Nothing happens in that movie. The whole movie is just Sports Day, basically. Yeah, where
2: like people die
0: yeah sure but it's like it doesn't progress the big plot a lot but it's really it's a good film bullshit oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you very much Christina for taking this through
2: you're very very welcome those
0: movies. Uh, Haruka let's get a bit more horror centric what horror films come out in 2005
2: okay so the list is quite long excellent so we got 2001 Maniacs
0: okay remake
2: okay uh, we also have the Amityville horror
0: remake <laughs> That was the Ryan Reynolds (laughs) one. That was one of Ryan Reynolds' first big films, actually. It was Michael Bay, uh, Platinum Dunes produced, uh, remix.
2: It was actually pretty decent. Okay. We also have Boogeyman.
0: I don't think it was actually based on the original Boogeyman. Uh, Yeah, it wasn't very good. It wasn't very good.
2: Okay. The Cave?
0: That was... Okay, so that means you've got coming up on this list The Descent, because The Cave came out the same year as The Descent, and it was like the Hollywood version of the descent but without the twist and if you haven't seen the descent i'm not going to say what it is because i don't want to spoil it but it was all right but the descent was so fucking good that the cave looked like shit next to it basically
2: okay we also have cry underscore wolf
0: yeah i quite like this this was right at the tail so we're right at the tail end of slasher films and this was like a last hurrah attempt to do a new spin on it um it's mm-hmm. actually pretty cool it's stylishly made but um as a twist that people may not like Okay.
2: How about the cursed? There's no that. It's just cursed.
0: That's uh, <laughs> where's Craven, I think. Craven of Nightmare on Elm Street and Scream. That was one he did to do with werewolves, where they were trying to basically create were, like, a scream for with werewolves, basically. Hmm. But it didn't work and it was bad.
2: Yeah. I know the next one Dark Water.
0: Is this the American remake? It must well, be the remake, nice. I think. Cause you like the original?
2: I love the original.
0: Mm-hmm. It's good.
2: Yeah. The remake was all right.
0: Yeah, I actually like the Ring remake quite a lot, but the Dark Water remake, despite having Jennifer Connelly, my first love in it, it's (laughs) not that great.
2: You have a lot of first loves.
0: I know. (laughs) Uh, Well, I said to you the other day, I corrected myself, because who were we talking about? And I said, that was my first love, Claire Danes. Yeah. But I said, I I then corrected myself to Claire Danes was my first, like, adolescent, like, actually, you know, cogent love, whereas Jennifer Connelly was kind of, I was a kid. So she was, I think, the person who then dictated the kind of girls I was going to love mm, growing up. I see, I see. You know what I, I mean? definitely
2: okay.
3: wanted to be Claire Danes when I was younger.
0: Aww. Aww. Me too. I it's only you, I dyed my hair red. But because I wasn't of my wide enough. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't wide enough. Don't let that stop you. Do whatever you want to do, Christine. <laughs>
2: uh, okay, next The Devil's Reject. I like this that is- one.
0: It's technically a sequel to Rob Zombie's House of a Thousand Corpses, and it's largely ah. regarded as his best film. Um, okay. Good. That's pretty good.
2: Dominion prequel to The Exorcist. Is that the full title?
0: Yeah. So I think this one, so there, this is, I think we talked about it before, so I don't want to get into it, but there were, this is a very unique thing in film history where they made a film, and I think this was the first version of it, with one director, and then they didn't like it. So they brought in another director, Rennie Harlan, who's more hollywood he did Die Hard 2 and stuff, To reshoot bits of it and instead he ended up reshooting the entire film but with the same actors and basically the same script so you ended up with two versions of exactly the same film done the same year by two different directors but with pretty much the same cast
1: wow Mm. and it's
0: fascinating it's like very unique way to see here are the two very different ways the same project could have turned out unfortunately they're both terrible but for very different (laughs) reasons
3: (laughs) That's so crazy. Uh, It's really,
0: honestly, I think, like, if you're into film, check them both out, because, like, you should study what can go wrong and right with the same scripts and same actors. Mm -hmm. What is
2: it called? mm -hmm. Dominion prequel to The Exorcist.
0: And then I think the other version's called Exorcist, The Beginning. I think they're the the two.
2: Okay. The next one's one of my favorite horror films, The Fog.
0: (laughs) I haven't seen any of these guys. You haven't? What's wrong with you? These These are all... At Least watchable.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I love The Fog because, like, when I first watched it, I thought it was really depressing and horrible. And then I watched it in black and white in like an old cinema. And oh, no, everyone you're talking was... about The
0: Mist. You're talking oh, about that's The Mist. Ah, oh, right. Ah, yeah. oh,
2: damn. Okay, confusing. Confusing. What's The Oh, that's the fisherman one. Is there a fisherman in it? The Fog?
0: Yeah, The Fog is a remake of the John Carpenter one from the 80s. Yes, yes. And the remake wasn't very good. The original no. is actually a great film. But yeah, The Mist is fucking great. I love The Mist. Okay. You got seen that in black and white in cinema? The Mist? Mm.
2: Yeah, and everyone was pissing themselves. It was hilarious. Oh, really? Yeah, it was funny as hell.
0: <laughs> yeah, it kind of is, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Other than the ending.
2: We also have Hellraiser Hellworld.
0: You can hear all about this on the retrospective <laughs> that I just survived. <laughs> um, this was go. part eight in the Hellraiser uh, franchise.
2: You've done this list too, the horror film
0: list. Um, you would think so, but I don't remember talking about it. I don't <laughs> know what's going on with us, but I'm so out of tune. But yeah, go to weirdgeeks.com and check out our previous podcast to find out.
2: Okay. House of Wax is also on the list.
0: That's a remake. Lots of remakes going Lots on this of remakes. year.
2: remakes. Hostel, the first one, I think.
0: Yeah, we've got some torture <laughs> porn. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. Saw two.
0: More torture uh, porn. Mm-hmm.
2: The Ring two. Oh. remake
0: sequels <laughs>
2: <laughs> wolf creek whoop whoop
0: yep wolf creek's good film australian horror
2: yeah torture horror
0: yeah but not like it's classier than sore or or, or, or hostile and stuff yeah i like guess that.
2: uh return of the living dead necropolis
0: so yes remember we keep talking <laughs> about romero's original buddies who created Night of the Living Dead with him and you remember last episode we talked about how they had gone off to create something called Return of the Living Dead which was based on a book Just, and it came out, the film came out the same year as Romero's Day of the Dead and there was this kind of battle between them and people weren't necessarily into Day of the Dead at the time because it was too bleak whereas his friend's version of the series Return of the Living Dead was more fun and campy and 80s and their one literally is a sequel to Night of the Living Dead like they name check Night of the Living Dead in that film well, this film, Necropolis, they'd already done Return of the Living Dead 1, 2, and 3. And then they took many years off, and then they came back and did 4 and 5, I think, in the same year. And one of them was called Necropolis. And they are tremendously bad films. Like, <laughs> nothing that we've watched on any of these franchise retrospectives no. are as bad as those two films.
3: Great Thank title, you though. for not making us watch it.
0: <laughs> oh, <You're
2: welcome>. <laughs> jeez. And finally, we've got another Return of the Living Dead rave
0: to the
2: grave yep great rave title. To the grave.
0: i mean yeah good titles you think you'd have fun with that but <laughs> no no you really don't that it
2: yep that's it for me
0: thank you very much uruka appreciate it okay so the landscape of horror that he's delving into is a lot of remakes of classic films and we're about to get into torture porn so we're in that weird i think remakes were starting to get stale by that point and yeah, the torture poem is what people are getting all excited about. So we throw into that George Romero coming back, writing and directing Land of the Dead. He had an idea for a new film, and he basically was going to take a huge chunk of the original Day of the Dead script and then do new things with it. And what he wanted to discuss, and tell me if this seems familiar to you guys, he wanted to talk about how people want to keep living during a time of crisis as if nothing has changed and how people just like to pretend that their life is fine and submerge themselves in capitalism and, you know, mm. everything around I and mean, ignore all the problems that's going on around them. However, the protagonists in this film were going to have their eyes wide open and see the problems that are going on around. A little bit similar to Dawn of the Dead for sure, I feel, mm. the commentary. So yeah, he, he was actually in negotiations with 20th Century Fox to make this, but they wanted to call it Night of the Living Dead. Which Romero was like, well, that's stupid because I already made a film called Night of the Living Dead. they were adamant they wanted this to be called Night of the Living Dead. So he said no and walked away. So something important happened the year before this movie, which is in 2004, Universal put out the remake of Dawn of the Dead, which we all might be covering next year. But that was Zack Snyder, who now has obviously gone on to do huge, huge things. And this was his first film. It's a really fucking great film, actually. I'm excited when we do get to do those remakes. This is, for me, definitely the highlight of them all. But it really blew open zombies in a whole, like, 28 Days Later, you know, previously had. But this was the Hollywood sort of big budget, sort of taking them really into the mainstream. And it was such a success that Universal immediately turned to Romero and they heard he had this idea. And they're like, we will greenlight your fourth installment in your series. He wanted to get... 20 to 30 million dollars to make this movie Uh, he ended up getting it's between 15 and 19 a little vague i can't get an exact amount now if you put into contrast day was his by far his biggest budget film up until this point it was made for 3.5 million in 1985 which to 2005 with uh, inflation would be about 6 million dollars so even with getting 15 to 19 so let's even go in the middle of that you're talking about nearly three times the budget that he had mm-hmm. for the day. You know, this was a huge jump up for him. He'd never had something like this. And this was a studio movie. There weren't independent things going on here. This was, you know, a regimented machine.
1: Mm.
3: You can 100%
1: tell.
0: Yes. Yes, you can. For better and worse. <laughs> <I can>.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah. And it's also his first zombie film where he had to get an MPAA rating. It was not allowed to go with the unrated uh, in the theatrical release anyway. He later, assumes as it went to DVD and Blu-ray, obviously, everything went unrated.
3: Is there a big difference between the unrated and the rated?
0: No, not really. I mean, I texted you to say, if you can, watch the unrated, but it doesn't really matter. Which one did you watch in the end? Unrated. Unrated, yeah. So there's about, oh, it's only like two and a half minutes difference. And in all honesty, they're mostly a few seconds here and there. For me, they are important because a it's how romero wanted it but b i think you can tell which bits because we'll get to them but they're the bits where you might have gone
1: oh, oh fuck. Like, <laughs> yeah.
0: it's just a couple of seconds of okay. nasty horror yeah there is a sentence or two in the film I oh, fuck i've forgotten what they are now but there is a couple oh. of sentences which they cut out which i don't understand why they did because i remember when i watched the other version it's not as clear the rules of the zombies and they make it slightly clearer in the unrated version Mm. But yeah, I mean, I'm ostensibly not much difference, but I don't know why you'd watch a film like this and not watch the unrated version. You know, it's like you're here for for the fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it had a bunch of different names. It was originally called Dead City. Mm. And then it was called Dead Reckoning, uh, which is what the titular van is, is called in it. Yeah. It's called Night of the Living Dead Dead Reckoning, which would have been a fucking mouthful. <laughs> Um, and the one that I remember at the time, because I was like, this was a big deal. Like, he'd been away since 1985. So, he had, this was 20 years later that he had finally come back. And it was a big fucking deal. And I remember everyone was thinking it was going to be called Twilight of the Dead. That's what people were calling it. Because the thing was, he'd done night, he's done dawn, and he's done day. Mm-hmm. So, where do you go from that? Well, Twilight's pretty much all that's left, or Dusk of the Dead. So they were Ooh, the two, I like
3: Dusk of the Dead. Mm.
0: I really wanted to go with those. And that they were the ones that most good. people thought he was gonna go with. Uh instead he went a whole different way with it. I'm not sure if that was his decision or Universal decision. Right. I'm not sure. But George was pretty exciting because he he used to have to like ask all of his friends to help out in his films, and now he had like Dennis Hopper wanted to be involved, John Leguizamo wanted to be involved, like
3: <laughs> Okay, <laughs> I had no idea. And when the credits like you know were rolling in the beginning or whatever. Yeah. And it, it, it said Dennis Hopper. I was like, Dennis Hopper is in there. I was <laughs> like, Brandon, and Brandon Brandon. watched the beginning of it with me. He was in bed. And I was like, Dennis Hopper is in there. So he's like, nah, nah. This must be <laughs> no. a oh, different that Dennis, Dennis Hopper. Hopper. Nah. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I looked it up. And I'm like, no, it's Dennis Hopper. He's like, no
0: way. <laughs> you can argue with these in it or not. I think <laughs> you <Okay. laughs> can yeah, I mean, apparently the two of them wouldn't chat about character much. They just hung around on set and reminisced about the 60s and how they were both revolutionary kids and were upset that the 60s didn't turn out the way they wanted it to, basically. <laughs>
3: but you <laughs> Which, said that yeah. he doesn't really talk about character anyways. He kind of just lets the actors do what they want to do, so.
0: Yep, yeah. I think it's, I think <laughs> this film really, for me, crystallized. There's a lot of stuff that Romero just doesn't care about when he's (laughs) making a film. And, yeah, character is definitely one of them. Mm. Which is weird because, like, again, I think his idea for every story comes from character places.
2: But Mm -hmm. then he doesn't
0: necessarily hone in on that. But, um, but yeah, so he assembled a pretty good cast at a time. You've got Simon Baker as Riley. He would go on to be in A Devil Wears Prada, Margin Call. He's mostly done just The Mentalist. He's the lead in that Uh. TV show. Cholo. <laughs> Who
3: I I mean I love this actor.
0: You can be the you could be the rolling line on this though, Christina. What? Isn't that a slightly derogatory yeah, term? Yeah,
3: it is. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh. I'm only going to
0: say it then because it's the name it's the literal name. It's not even a nickname. It's the literal name of the character.
3: And what was the little person's name?
0: Oh. I mean, they call him Little Man a lot, but I don't know yeah. his actual name. It I'm was not so sure.
3: like uh obvious. Like, yeah, okay. So call let's call the little person Little man, and let's call the. I don't know if he's Hispanic or not, but let's call him Cholo. Yep, and let's call uh the big black zombie. What was his name? Big Daddy, Big Daddy, <laughs> Big Daddy. Yep, yeah, good, good and one, they, guys. They have a
0: couple more, they got a couple more later, which uh, yeah, because we were, we, me and Haruka watching it, and we we're like. Is Romero, we don't, we like Mar- Romero I've watched a lot of interviews with the guy now He's a lovely, lovely man And I don't get to say that about most directors When I work <laughs> on these films, or these podcasts But you're like, is he a little bit racist?
3: I <laughs> mean, every point. movie I've thought, guys mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Every movie I've been like, whoa, that's a little I
2: know, weird. every movie I'm like It's a bit awkward, but he seems to be a lovely person So I'm sure it's not, you know, meant to be a racist <laughs> thing But then at this point it's like I'm not sure anymore.
0: But then he also calls it out amongst the characters. I mean, which is a relief at points. And we'll get there. But there's like a one point specific where he does have a character call out the other character for saying that stuff. So it's like, okay, I don't know if he's just happy to write characters that he thinks this is how people talk, you know. He thinks, well, people are horrible and racist. I think he just doesn't like people very much. (laughs) Yeah, I I (laughs) I do wonder
3: like where it's, where it like what his thoughts are Mm. of it and where it comes from and his ideas about those things. Yeah. I am very curious mm. where he stands, because I'm not so sure.
0: Yeah, I don't. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Well, let's let's bear that in mind as we go through. <laughs> but yeah, John Leguizamo, obviously Moulin Rouge, uh, Romeo and Juliet, Spawn. <laughs> he's, done, he's done a lot of good and he's bad He's an
3: amazing <laughs> actor. <laughs> right.
0: He can be, yeah. Uh, oh, Catherine he play, the guy from Dennis Moulin Hopper. Rouge.
2: Oh, sorry. Yeah,
0: yeah, he is. Yeah. Uh, the little man from Moulin Rouge. Yeah. <laughs> Dennis Hopper playing Kaufman, Uh, Slack is played by, now it's not pronounced Asia, it's pronounced Asia, I think is how you meant to say it, Asia Argento. She's in Triple X, which was in before this movie, she went on to be Marie Antoinette. She's the daughter of, you guys might remember, Dario Argento, who we talked about, a big Italian uh, zombie filmmaker uh, who then had helped Romero get the money together for Dawn of the Dead, had helped compose, and then did his own European cut. So this is his daughter. So. So, Romero's known Azia his whole life, pretty much. Um, Wow. Watched her grow up. I liked her. Yeah, I really like her. But, yeah, it's very underused, but we'll get to that Yeah. Uh, Robert Joy as Charlie. He's been in the Heels of Eyes. Also, Alien vs. Predator Requiem.
3: Oh, is that his name, the guy who had the burn?
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Oh, I I never caught his name.
0: Yeah. The names are difficult in some of the Charlie. And Big Daddy, played by Eugene Clark. (laughs) who has a massive IMDb, but nothing really of note. <laughs> like, so many entries. And I was scrolling through going, well, he must have done something then that's relevant to talk about. No, I can not really find anything. <laughs> not for me, anyway. <laughs> but a lot. Like, he's a working actor. He really wow. is. So, yeah, like I said, budget for $60 million. This made good money. Grossed $46.8 million. Um, so, it was a good success. And, yeah, like I said, a big heralded return of George. Now, the only thing that upset him... Was he wanted to keep filming in Pittsburgh, which is his hometown for all of his movies, uh, pretty much. And he set the story there, but the producers were insisting they shot in Toronto to take advantage of all those delicious oh. tax breaks. Mm, well, that's what yeah. they did.
3: I was wondering was where they were.
0: Out. Yeah. So they try to recreate bits of Toronto and make it look like Pittsburgh, essentially. Uh, I and see. obviously set stuff as well. A lot of set stuff. But yeah, he was, he was excited, and the public were excited. So I've seen this. Honestly, only twice before, and it was a long time ago. I went to the world premiere, I think it was of Ooh. this. It was at least the European, but I think it might have been the world.
1: Of course, at you Fest did in
0: London, <laughs> um, and Romero was there with a bunch of other people. I think, if memories, I don't think I'm incorrect. That I'm pretty sure he was there, but it was a long time ago now. And yeah, and I remember like people were so at that point. Fright Fest was only running. Uh, what was it? Friday night onwards. Now it starts on Thursday night. But they did. that was the first year where they did a special thing to celebrate Land of the Dead opening their festival. They showed Night of the Dead, Dawn of the Dead, and Day of the Dead in a run that day before going into Land of the Dead. Oh, my God. So, for anyone who could get out of work early, you would turn up in the morning, see those three films, and then they would lead into the official beginning of the festival. Oh, so oh my gosh. Me and my friends went and saw the whole run of them to lead into Land. I think that's why my friend Tom, who's the bassist of my band, didn't want to be on this podcast because he still hates... <laughs> all of the Romero <laughs> films. He doesn't like them at all. He wants, like, you know, Dawn of the Dead remake style twenty days later. So But yeah, people were very excited about this movie. Like it was a big deal for the horror horror crowd. That you guys have not seen this film before. Have? No. No. Okay. I just I've remember never sometimes we forget. Of them. I know, but sometimes we forget to clarify that at the beginning of the podcast and it's just for people true, listening true. to know that you guys are not familiar. Okay. So let's get into it because, oh, my God, we've been talking a long time already. (laughs) Uh, So we've got a a cool, creepy, different type of opening. It's in black and white. The title comes up saying some time ago. Mm -hmm. And then we get a montage uh, during the opening titles, which is basically summarizing what's happened before. Now, I don't know if you guys noticed, but there's a lot of footage from Night of the Living Dead in this.
1: Oh. which of
0: course copyright issues means he can use it because anyone can use it Right. <laughs> uh, Romero wanted to include footage from all of the previous films but he couldn't because of copyright things with the different studios um, so he could only use Night Living Dead here and this is really then set up as this is a proper sequel to all of those films Yeah, that's how it's meant to be seen um, and we'll see weird nods throughout
3: I really loved the opening of it. I loved that it was black and white. It took me back mm. to the first film. And I mean, ov- I guess that's too why it reminded me of the first film because it had clips in it. I didn't really realize, but the sound effects or whatever the sound that they used yeah. for that yeah. was really
2: good and creepy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked it. Even yeah. the first Universal title thing was pretty cool the black yeah. and white. They did the the old school one, don't they?
0: That was cool. Yeah. Yeah, and we get a little bit of the law here. We, so There's a little audio clip saying, as long as we're alive, they're never going to run out of food. Which is, yeah, just establishing some of the rules. Because they do keep going back and forth a little bit on what they're deciding is zombie lore with this film. But, but yes, yeah, so and then we open on an apocalyptic looking kind of suburb. And it's got a big eat sign, which I thought was quite funny. And I got quite a cheer from the crowd, I remember the first time I saw it. And a lot of zombies that. just shuffling around near a church. Um, we should say here that the zombie makeup here is not done by Tom Savini. It's done by uh, Greg Nicotero. That's right, isn't it? Greg Nicotero. That's his name. He is one of one of the greatest effects artists in the world, and he actually studied underneath Tom Savini and set up his own company. Um, so he's kind of like the next generation after Tom Savini, mm. um, and he's done everything now. You look him up; like he he is The Walking Dead, and he is like so many modern horror films and you know anything where you need gore in it in Hollywood. He his team. Other the guys you go to. Wow. Um, so this is really, I mean, I know Day was looking pretty good, but this is the first time Romero's game to play with the modern idea of what a zombie should look like, mm-hmm. I think. I you
3: know? thought it was cool because it wasn't just like one type of zombie. Like they had so many different types of zombies, you know, more decomposed, newer zombies, and yeah. so many different looks. So, so that was really interesting and cool, I, th- I thought.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah i really i'm a big big fan i know some people hate them but i'm a big fan of the sporadic puppet zombies you get you know like here you <laughs> pan past this girl zombie and it's like not a human it's like yeah completely decayed yeah and it's an animatronic essentially mm-hmm. like it's oh. a robot zombie yeah that um, was and i cool. fucking love it love it so much yeah we get like yeah bandstand zombies we get like cheerleader zombie couples
3: yeah couples (laughs) but it just also sets the president president what is that word
0: yeah the president
3: okay it sounded funny Uh, this has been happening for a really long time Mm.
0: yes yeah that's true i mean we're very much here on the other side of the apocalypse here this is post-apocalypse rather than apocalypse yeah this is the zombies of one Uh, Pretty much at this point. And people are essentially hiding or in safe havens. Like, Mm -hmm. we don't hear about anywhere else, do we? This is it. Fiddler's Green that we're about to be introduced to is the only place that we really know about for sure.
3: Well, but they mention other ones that there's other places set up.
0: But then they always answer stuff like someone's always there to say, oh, but we haven't heard back from them in ages or something. So So it's like Like, unknown. This could be it. Like, we don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And we get our first little nod here uh, to Dawn of the Dead. With the bandstand zombies?
2: Yep, they play the gonk apparently. I didn't notice until I read Oh, I didn't. I did it. not notice. Yeah, I
0: didn't either. I didn't either. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, they were on this shot for a long time. Surely there must be some relevance to it. And it was. because it's, it's the mall music from Dawn of the Dead oh, is what they're playing.
2: That's pretty cool. Which is now you the ringtone when you call, which is never.
0: It is. Yeah, <laughs> I don't ring you for that very reason. So yeah, so we've got two guys who are hiding in the bushes. One of them's Riley, the other one is somebody. I don't know. It's not Charlie here, is it? It's the one that dies pretty early. Yeah, and expendable. There's quite a lot of expendables. Yes. In that film. Yeah. and they're observing how the zombies are are uh, quote <laughs> pretending to be alive. And we're immediately mm-hmm. getting Romero like philosophies in here, like ones they're pretending to be alive. And then Riley's, isn't that what we're doing? Just pretending to be alive. <laughs> <laughs> I'm immediately like, oh, good. Here we go. <laughs> we're, Romero's writing the script. We got some very endearing but slightly eye-rolling So did
3: he, it was just him who wrote it? Just him. Wow. Oh. And just him who directed it?
0: It, yes, yeah, but it's universal so if it's a studio movie they're gonna have other people work on it that aren't Mm -hmm. credited for sure. Yeah, okay. And trim it down and stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah, I mean you could tell through and through, this dialogue is I don't think I ever noticed it before but watching these quick succession, now I very much notice Romero (laughs) dialogue and it's like, yeah, this is oh him and so they're (laughs) noticing yeah big daddy who we're introduced to who's this (laughs) huge hulking black zombie who's part of he looks like he was a gas attendant is that right yeah Mm yeah did you notice he's called big daddy from the beginning christina or did it like
3: no i I looked him up well i looked up i looked up the names so i could you know i took because
1: yeah
0: Yeah, I know him very well as Big Daddy. And then we were like three calls away through the film when I suddenly said to Haruka, wait, do you notice that he's called Big Daddy yet? And we're like, Mm -hmm. is it even on his tag? And then Haruka noticed, yeah, it is written on his tag as Big Daddy, which is, was that the name of his gas station then? Or is that his actual name? Is his first name Big and his second name Daddy?
2: (laughs) It must be the name of the gas station, surely. No,
0: one gas station
2: is
3: named Big Daddy? (laughs) A
0: really, really cool one.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So weird.
0: Yeah, they're watching him from the bushes and they're noticing that he's basically talking to the other zombies in kind of like mm. raptor style grunts.
3: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I like Very that. animalistic.
0: They're immediately introducing this uh, extension of the idea of what we have with Bub, Bub with Day of the Dead.
3: Oh, Bub. Yeah.
0: Which is zombies can have feelings and zombies can want to communicate, but Big Daddy is clearly the most advanced. He's somehow the generational leap. For sure. And he's got some smarts in him.
2: Yeah. A sentient zombie.
0: Yeah. Well, I'll get to how you guys feel about him later once we've sort of developed him a little bit more. But so then we're introduced to John Leguizamo, who I don't want to say his name, but yeah, okay. We're introduced to Cholo, who's leading another group. So they're all part of the same thing. You've got Riley's group, but he seems to have his own little group of sort of good guys, I guess. And then you've got John Leguizamo, who's essentially, it's the biker gang from Dawn of the Dead, Mm -hmm. isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's literally just that group. They kind of act in the same way. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, they're loud, obnoxious. They're into pillaging. Yeah, they're all on bikes for the most part. <laughs> but then they've got this huge vehicle, which is called Dead Reckoning, which has got like guns everywhere and it's all armored up and it can basically, yeah. it's kind of the beacon of zombie survival now.
2: It was I pretty cool. Yeah, I it was very Mad maxi,
0: I thought. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. It was very Mad maxi. And then Charlie, who we mentioned in the cast, who's got like a burnt face, but we don't find out till later on, much later that he was actually saved from a fire by Riley, but we don't get any more details. It's just he's saved yeah, that's me from it. the fire. <laughs> 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 yeah, he's sort of, I don't know what the politically correct word is for him, because I don't really know what he is, but he's definitely not all there. He's a little He's bit...
3: off. <laughs> he's just off.
0: A little off. Yeah. I'm not sure if he feels like <laughs> that before the fire or not, but he's kind of <laughs> endearingly off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he's good, really good friends with Riley so then they do what's their technique so we're establishing here what's going to be very useful at the end of the movie which is they put what they call flowers or sky flowers sky as flowers, Charlie sky calls flowers, it. yeah. Uh, which is they're sending up fireworks to send distract all the zombies so then they can go into the, the bits of the suburbs and pillage it and then take it all back um, to what is a very complicated series of I don't even really necessarily completely understand it but we're going to get there uh, in a few seconds. But how Fiddler's Green works is kind of complicated. Yeah, so this is the first time, as Aruka turned to me, we hear the word walkers.
1: Yes. I was like, they just say walkers?
2: Got me all excited. Yeah, mm. so we had to look this
0: up. Now, because I thought, yeah, because, okay, so technically, walk, anybody the Walking Dead is obviously used to them calling zombies walkers in the Walking Dead TV show. But that didn't come out till much later. But the comic was going by this point. That came out in 2003. However, in the comic, as far as I could find from my recollection of it and then Googling other people talking about it, they don't mention them as walkers in the comic, at least not in uh, those early uh, couple of years. And this, according to people online, this is the very first time the word walkers is used for zombies. So yet again, it's another thing that Romero is introducing to zombie lore and creating something that now we just take for granted as, yeah, walkers. So he's always giving us a little gift with each film that people will steal. So, what we're getting established here is kind of the the what's the democracy? I'm not the democracy. How this all works. So the, the Riley is saying it's his last night, and then he's leaving. Mm-hmm. But then Cholo is saying it's his as well. But I think for different reasons. So I think Riley is he's intending to leave, leave, and he's not really making it a secret either. We find out later he's bought a car, he's saved up and bought a car, and he's just going to get out and just head off with Charlie. Whereas Cholo, it's been saving up the money he's been doing for these jobs for who we're going to find out Dennis Hopper, who's sort of running this whole operation in his high tower in the middle of Fiddler's Green. He's been saving up his money because then he thinks he can buy into this upper class, kind of uh, protected tower that the elite live in, essentially. And he thinks Biden, he's got enough money now. So both of them tomorrow are intending to move on, basically, in very different directions. Can we try and figure this out right now? Okay, so you've got Fiddler's Green, which, is that just the tower, Fiddler's Green?
1: Yeah, I think
3: so. That's just the tower. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So you've got a tower, which has got nice apartments and a mall and six restaurants. (laughs) We're about to learn, because they did this nice infomercial for it on like a TV kind of thing, which tells us (laughs) everything we need to know. So it's essentially, yeah, all of the stuff he was talking about in Dawn of the Dead with even more stacked in there. And it's only, as we see when we get footage of it, it's just like mostly old like, business people who are clearly rich and, you know, old money White. Who are living in there. White. <laughs> and then that seems to be surrounded with a huge chunk of the city, which is completely deserted. And then there's three rivers on three sides. And then outside of that, yeah, and then um, the bit which isn't protected is called the throat. Then they've got electric fences all around that. But then outside of that is kind of the slums where everybody else lives. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's a word for that or not. I didn't notice. And that's where everyone else lives. And then when the qualified people like Riley and Cholo and people go to deliver, you know, the deeds that they're doing for Fiddler's Green, they go in a sort of underground tunnel, which, again, is very reminiscent of Day of the Dead, mm-hmm. uh, to get there. But then the slums area doesn't have electrified fences. It's just got kind of fake cardboard walls and stuff <laughs> to protect them. That's kind of, is that kind of it? Is that the situation going on? Because it's a little confusing, isn't it? The geography of this, I found.
3: Yeah. Bit, yeah. I, it is a little confusing. I couldn't tell if the slums were just right outside of Fiddler's Green, mm-hmm. just like on the outside of it or, or separate from it. I'd, I wasn't sure.
2: Yeah, I thought the electric fences were like between the outside world and the slum, but maybe I was yeah. wrong. I don't yeah, know.
3: I thought the fences just kind of like protected all of it.
0: Mm-hmm. But that's what I thought. But then later on, you know, spoilers for when the zombies break in, there's no electric fences for them to get to the slums. None at all. So I was really confused with with what's going on there. Yeah, yeah,
3: I'm not so mm-hmm. sure.
0: Up for debate. A little bit. I could have done within that infomercial like a wide shot of everything. Because so they have all these shots constantly of like very impressive shots of these empty streets. So I'm mm. like, well, are they around Fiddler's Green then? Like, And I feel that's an island and the tower is the beacon in the middle of those empty streets kind of thing. But yeah, a little bit of the debate. Uh, but Big Daddy, he's the only one not distracted by these Skyflower fireworks. Um, and he starts walking around just trying to shake his fellow zombies out of it. <laughs> he's just like <laughs> slapping them in the yeah. face basically. <laughs>
1: like, Come it's on, so buddy. Cute
0: and then he starts trying to save his friends like pushing them over as they start getting shot just for fun by Cholo's gang and and one of them has his head severed as Big Daddy's holding it and this I think is really important because then the head falls on the ground and he stomps on the still living head really showing that yeah he understands mercy which is really I think the more important thing than he's a little bit smart is that yeah he he's understanding mercy and the humans aren't seeming to understand mercy
3: he has empathy, mm-hmm. yeah. Exactly.
0: Which it might surprise you to learn, but in the uh, interviews and making ofs with George Romero, the zombies were the good guys for him in this film. <laughs> like they were his favorite characters, and you liked the zombies and not yeah, the people I can so much. Kind of see that, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think he's always been a bit aligned for the zombies, to be mm-hmm. honest. But...
2: Well, you
3: really see that towards the end.
0: Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, so the fireworks stop for the groups on their ransacking run and then the zombies are like, hey, but they, they get out, they start killing everyone. And Yeah, I do like this bit where you have like, he's really like, Riley is, he's just there to say everything philosophical that Romero wants to say. And someone says, <laughs> oh, is it Charlie says like, that's nice shooting? And he says, it's good shooting, Charlie. There's no such thing as nice shooting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna, I love the sentiments of this stuff, but it's kind of like, oh, come on.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, what happens? So yeah, sorry, Cholo steals some champagne. That's kind of actually the first time I think I've jumped in any of these movies when the zombie comes out at him through the champagne through the back of the champagne-like fridge.
3: Oh yeah, I knew it. You didn't know it. I knew it. I was like, oh, I (laughs) thought it was going to be a hand coming out, but it was a whole zombie, but I knew it was going to happen.
0: Yeah, it still got me. (laughs) And then one of Riley's guys gets bit and Cholo wants to shoot him, but he ends up shooting himself and committing suicide. And um, it all feels very The Walking Dead to me, like uh, mm-hmm. in in you know a good way. But just having this marauding like group who are sort of traveling through and ransacking and stuff. But then we have Big Taddy literally grabs a gun off of one of the motorcyclists as they're <laughs> driving by him. <laughs> like he just like lifts it off. I think they try and make it look like an accident, but he has to reach out and just pick it off him. And then he just slings the gun over his shoulder and begins to walk towards the tower in a distance where all of the bikes and and Dead Reckoning aheading, heading, and the other zombies just follow him, because I guess it's Big Daddy. Go follow the guy daddy? with the gun. So yeah, uh, the bunker system's under the river, uh, like we said, it looks very Day of the Dead, clearly something that he's lifted here from how he originally... Can you imagine Day of the Dead if it looked like this stuff looks? Like, the, the underground stuff here looks so much cooler.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Like,
0: like yeah. this character going on there. It's like... Remember how much we liked that one little caravan in Day of the Dead? <laughs> like everything has that amount of actual set dressing going on. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we get lots of nice shots here of, of, well, a couple of nice shots of the city, really empty. Um, and then we're into the shopping mall that we are talking about before. We see their military in the slums and like who's protecting them from getting into Fiddler's Green. There are street hookers, or stalls and preachers. And one of these preachers is like an Irish guy who's, uh, who's essentially trying to lead rebellion against the man who lives in the tower. And that's all they call him for a while.
3: The big man.
0: (laughs) The man. (laughs) They take a long time to get to this guy. yeah, and he's friends with Riley. And Riley doesn't, he takes the opportunity here to do yet another Romero little line of, you're worried about us being locked out. I'm looking around. I feel like we're all locked in. (laughs) (laughs) Again, it's like, I love it. I love what he's saying, but it's like, just get better at writing. Mm,
3: (laughs) Yeah. It's cheesy still.
2: Yeah.
0: I feel it's too late, though, for Romero at this point. And his career, <laughs> to get better, right? Now.
3: It is what it is.
0: It is. Yes. It is.
3: It does show that it's not, even with good actors, they still come off cheesy.
1: Yeah. yeah. Right?
3: Because we've had the bad actors. We've had the okay actors. And now mm-hmm. we have like, the really good actors. And mm-hmm. it still sometimes just doesn't, just reads cheesy. Yeah. But I do
0: think there are also the actors, I mean, we'll get to Dennis Hopper when we get to him, but I think there's also the actors who you don't have to necessarily direct and they'll just be great, you know? And then there's a predominant amount of actors where you can see them great in some, like John Lee Kusama, I've seen him great and I've seen him fucking terrible. And the lead guy, you know, I've never seen, like he's, you know, he's a good actor, but he's not amazing or anything. But I feel it's just... It's, I just I don't think George Romero is giving them what they need and you see yeah. them making films, and they're all, they're all just so excited to work with him you uh-huh. know everyone's just like oh my god we get to work on a zombie film with the guy who created zombies and we're mm-hmm. so excited and he's a legend and all this stuff and it's like okay maybe think about you know <laughs> the script <laughs> and you know <laughs> the acting bit of it uh,
3: yeah maybe watch all the other movies and see what you could do differently
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I'm like yeah he's got more he could play with here and like you're saying it's like it's still not enough and I think it's sure partly script but also it's just like I don't think he works with the actors necessarily in the best
2: mm. way but. I mean who needs good acting when you get zombie Romero zombies you know yeah
0: <laughs> it would be nice but, you can't, have, you have, know, it all.
3: can't <laughs> have it all
0: so Cholo's taking that champagne up to Mr. Kaufman but he doesn't get it because the butler that's all I've got him down as so I don't know what else he is <laughs> But this slightly, again, racist black butler, yes. <laughs> Mr. Kaufman, yep. um, has heard some weird noises and has called security, but Cholo decides, no, I'm going to fucking handle it. So he busts into one of these apartments. I keep thinking it's going to be a weird sex thing with Kaufman having like an orgy because it's like, that's what it sounds like <laughs> to me. But no, he finds a family where the father's hung himself and the wife, I mean, she's doing a barbara. That's... Yes.
3: Definitely. That's definitely. the only way to describe <gasps>
0: it. <laughs> I'm hoping this colloquialism carries on for the three of us outside of these podcasts when someone's just doing a Barbara.
2: Stop <laughs> so being such a Barbara and do something about it.
0: I'm Barbara. Barbara. <laughs> yeah, and then the son comes out. He gets bit by his dad and then Cholo just takes them all out. Now, if Riley, meanwhile, is finding out... I don't know what the point of that scene is, Really? Like, we already know Cholo's a bit of a dick. I don't know why we need any of that, but I'm sure. Riley finds that. How did that even happen? Sorry.
3: Yeah, like, how did he, that guy, even get bit by a zombie?
0: (laughs) Is it because, mean is that meant to establish he didn't because he killed himself by suicide, but once Mm -hmm. you're dead, you come back as a zombie? Yeah.
3: Yeah, I think so. so.
0: But that's not relevant to anything that happens later, is it?
1: No. Um,
0: There's nothing where we need that rule established for us later that I noticed.
3: I
1: guess
3: not. So no. so why you only ever seen well, like that if you're that establishing already. something.
0: Yeah, because he yeah. literally told us in the opening. Yeah. Anyway, whatever. Riley's finding out that a car that he bought has been taken, so he heads off to Kaufman as well to moan about things. And meanwhile, we get some. Now, I always remember these being in Dawn of Dead and Day to Dead, but this is where it is. It's the zombies being used as funfair attractions. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) It's
0: like really debaucherous stuff. They're chained up for photos. They use this paintball practice. Oh,
1: my
0: favorite thing is that they're
3: eating spam. They're eating spam? (laughs) I would totally go to that kiosk and order some spam.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God.
3: 100%. Oh, they also order, they also like, Have this guy that and they order cocaine.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, lots of little things. Um, there are lots
0: of little things. It's stuffed with stuff. I mean, there's money being spent here, clearly. Yeah, so he gets to have some fun with some of these setups, which I think he's wanted to do for a long time. And now that was kind of fun. It
3: was like kind of like fucked up, but also kind of like, yeah, interesting. I mean, yeah,
0: it's totally an extension of all of those sort of those hicks in you know night and dawn oh my and we're God, out in the yes. fields having fun with it all and we also get the first boobs which I thought for a second were the first boobs of the entire franchise but then we remembered no, there was a little bit in Dawn of the Dead when her and her husband don't want to have sex and they're just sitting passively and looking bored
3: oh yeah um, well and then also in the beginning beginning where it was like that naked zombie
0: oh yeah that's true there was a naked <laughs> zombie there okay alright so it's only day with no boobs she had these cage matches. This is where we get introduced to Asia, who's thrown in to one of these, and she's initially looking like she's going to be a barber as well, but then she starts kicking some ass.
3: Yeah, I thought that was great. Yeah. That was
2: cool.
0: She's very Walking Dead. Like, she's very comic booky, like. Yeah. yeah.
2: That that was, was very Juliet Lewis. Yeah. Yeah. That I guess Julia, the, that's
0: the noughties. That
2: 90s the noughties. Late nineties noughties. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, seeing her in the making of, everyone's like, man, she was enjoying this so much. Like, because she grew up with all this stuff and she's like Mm. talking in in the interviews saying how, you know, when she's on a zombie set, that's when she feels comforted and at home. Because she grew up (laughs) on these sets with the smell of fake blood in the air, the smell of the prosthetics, like these are things that for her are her childhood, so it's like... She's just so happy when you see a, mm. a boutonical cut and she's just like smiling and jumping up and down.
2: Like, that sounds beautiful reject. and wrong at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: But then she still gets overpowered, so Riley uses his gun to save her from a couple of zombies. And then this little pimp guy <laughs> sorry, yeah, he hasn't gone to talk to Kaufman, he's gone to talk to this little man <laughs> who Riley thinks fucked him with his car. And this whole sort of gun fight basically starts. Charlie does Charlie get clipped even? No. He starts not shooting there. at Charlie, but he doesn't get clipped, does he? Know? No, not know. Uh, oh, no. Asia gets clipped. Yeah, she gets shot in the arm. She does. But then she's fine for the rest of the movie. But yeah. <laughs> <She> <laughs> takes a bullet in the arm. And then, yeah, Charlie pulls out his gun and molests the tip, the tip of it. <laughs> he, like, licks his thumb and then rubs the tip of it Well, before sniping the little pimp guy.
2: Apparently, him, the actor who's playing Charlie, and what's his name? Ah, uh, what's the Dennis Hopper. Right. We're both in Waterworld, uh, and Dennis Hopper did that thing of licking his finger and doing that, that molesting the gun thing in Waterworld. He really? Yeah, yeah. Apparently, weird.
0: So I mean, no one's going back to that Waterworld or to check. After this movie,
2: <laughs> before.
0: Yeah, that was before. Okay. So, so Charlie yeah.
2: copied him. Yeah. Well, apparently, yeah, it was like a little homage thing. Ah. I don't know.
0: that's pretty cool. I love. Yeah. I like little weird things like that. It to looked really weird. Else's in the film. Yeah, it looks but- really weird. It yeah. looked like, weird. What you doing? But then you kind of got used to, to it. And he tries to explain it later, and I was like, oh, that doesn't make any sense to me.
3: <laughs> well, because, yeah, and he's looking as, like, the light, it catches the light, I what, the saliva catches the light? The light and you reflects don't want it to off catch of the, the wet, the wet um, water.
0: Why do you want it to? Because, because like, of his you don't eye, he has a bad eye. Your eye.
3: Hmm.
0: Oh. But, but you're looking at what you're shooting, aren't you? <laughs> I, don't, I don't,
3: know. <laughs>
0: don't know. I don't know. I don't know how guns work, I'll be honest. That's cool. That's that's cool that they took it from something else. Maybe Dennis Hopper was really pissed about that. He's like, "Oh man, I'm trying to get away from Waterworld, and you're fucking doing callbacks to it—the one of the biggest bombs in history." So Azia and Riley—they're immediately all flirty. And yeah. uh, then he says, "I've seen you on the street." Uh. <laughs> uh, so we learned that yeah, she she was a hooker, and someone says, "Yeah, someone shot the little fat man." <laughs> Then he will get put in prison. But here's, here's the thing. They're saying that, and it feels distasteful, but then Nadia turns around and says he wasn't a little man, he was a big man because he ran this whole empire. Which is a definite thing of saying, look, it's not your size, that's your stature.
3: Oh, no, I thought she was saying, like, it's not, it's not coming from the little man, it's coming from the big man. Dennis oh,
0: that was oh. from California.
3: But I don't know.
2: But that's what mm. I thought.
0: Yeah, you might be right. In which case...
2: Rookley, Romero, you went dark. you're back
0: in the doghouse. <laughs> I
2: know. I'll lock me up in a little closet I'll lock Taruka
0: in a little room so we don't get, so, don't get weird sound issues. Do you want to turn your light on so we can see your okay. face? You're just sitting there in the dark.
2: Oh, well, it doesn't matter to our listeners, though, does it?
0: Oh, it does. it does. They want to know that me and Christina can see your beautiful face at all times. <laughs> so Riley's plan is he's going to go to Canada and then Asia immediately is like, oh, I'm going to come with you. And then Charlie's like, Oh, he won't take you. He doesn't like other people. He just <laughs> likes me. He's my only friend. And then we have this brilliant bit where Riley's trying to talk to Azir and get her story out of her. And he says, everyone has a story. And then she turns around a second later and says, what's your story? Then he says, I don't have one. <laughs> and I was just like, what? How do you write that dialogue? Everyone has a story. What's your story? I don't,
3: don't have, have one. one. Like, what?
0: You confused the fuck It out was of a me. little weird. It was stupid.
3: <laughs> it was cheesy.
0: <laughs> Man, this is a romance, though, apparently, according to Romero.
2: But here's the, the thing, Romero I'm immediately...
3: romance.
0: <laughs> oh. Oh. Why'd you do that?
1: <laughs> oh. Oh.
0: Wait, here's the note. When I see... <laughs> I see Arzio Argento... What I see that they would like in this period of time, who I could totally imagine them casting for this is Michelle Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. Like, that's oh, yeah. who it feels like. Yeah. You know that tough chick. But here's my thing that's gonna be unpopular to most people listening, because most people love Michelle Rodriguez. I hate Michelle Rodriguez because oh, she like just her. looks so grumpy all the time. Like there's no like layers to her. She's just like, I'm grumpy. <laughs> and that's <laughs> it <laughs> for everything she ever does. And I'm immediately like for me in my head, I'm just really grateful because I, I really like Asya in this, but she doesn't really do anything. But I really like her. Like, she's got that. She feels like, yeah, she'd kick your ass, but at the same time, there's a softness to her, mm-hmm. which I think is way more complicated to portray than just being, yeah, I'm fucking angry and I'll kick your ass, you know? Mm. I like her. Meanwhile, we're getting Big Daddy, who's still leading the zombies, and they reach a makeshift wall, and that's what I mean. There's just like a wall there that's kind of like the wall that they put up in Dawn of the Dead to stop them from going up the stairs. You know, uh-huh. it's like, like what do they call that shit when it's um, oh uh, spackle? Is that would call it. Spackle is that thing?
3: Oh yeah, like drywall.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> And then he turns around and sees he, in his entourage of zombies, who are like action figures for every type of job you could have. <laughs> he sees one of them's a chef with a big cleaver. So yeah. he instructs him to start cutting through the barricade. Mm-hmm. So he's weaponizing his zombies. What's going on. But then we get a little weird jump where we see a zombie jump. Because Big Daddy appears through the hole. And on the other side, we see there people are hanging dozens of zombies upside down with targets on their chests. Mm-hmm. And... Big Daddy jumps at this. He's actually like, he gets a shock. I'm like, oh, all right. Zombies can be scared.
2: It was like a shock of disgust. It was like, how can they do this to us?
0: Yeah, I mean, it is pretty, it's pretty nasty. Like, I don't know about you guys, but I'm definitely feeling more for Big Daddy. Even though I'm not sure if I'm on board with zombies who use guns. I know a lot of people are very angry about that stuff. I don't know if I like it either. But I definitely feel more for him than I do for the humans at this point. Like, I feel sympathy for the stuff that they're seeing. Yeah, now we're 35 minutes in and we're finally introduced to Dennis Hopper. It's like, been... I know, I was waiting for it
3: for so long, uh, since the credits, Uh, the opening credits.
0: Which would be fine if you'd built a scary legacy for him, if people really kept talking about the man in a way that you're like, oh, who is the man? Who is he? Who is he? And do like a cool reveal... But instead, it's like we should be really desperate to see him. But instead, I barely knew he existed. Like I, I don't know about. Yeah, it's your first time watching it. Like obviously, I knew he was coming. But like, are you excited to see who is the man in the tower? Or do you like?
3: Well, at this point, I knew it was going to be him.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Same.
3: I wasn't, like, excited, but I was just waiting for it to happen. Yeah. That's I was looking I mean,
2: forward to seeing Dennis Hopper yeah. in action, but I wasn't necessarily looking forward to meeting this big man guy. Oh yeah.
0: That's a problem, isn't it? Because you should have built, okay, who is this big hierarchy motherfucker who everybody hates, who controls everything, and they don't they don't build that at all. And then they're just like, oh, here he is. <laughs> it's like, okay. So, Charlo's bringing him the booze, and then he tells Dennis – that he finally has the money to go buy his own place in, in the green, and Dennis is telling him, Oh, I don't know, a very long waiting list. You probably can't get in. So then Cholo tells Dennis he's got to let him in because he knows what gets thrown out with the garbage, and he'll tell the other committee members. Which is so far the only intrigue that this movie's given us. It's like, so they're like, Oh, what's getting thrown out with the garbage? And then we find out later, and it's completely inconsequential. <laughs>
3: yeah. They don't it was know, like, it was just the the slum people.
0: it's just whoever he doesn't like. Yeah. <laughs> like that's it. I was like, <laughs> well of course you are. Where else are you gonna put them? <laughs> it's like we were uh I don't know. It was really stupid. I was waiting for some good twists there. I was like, oh what, is there something really dark or something really like weird going on? But like, no, it's just yeah. Just the p- things we've already seen them doing. Yeah. Um but yeah, so as he walks away, Dennis realizes it's time to get rid of him, so he tells his security to go kill him, and then we get the stupidest, stupidest stare fight I've ever seen in the history of stair fights.
3: Was that even a fight? <laughs>
1: no! <laughs>
3: it's
0: literally just like John leku waiting for the other actor to, to kick, creep up behind him so he can turn around and punch him in the face. It's so rehearsed, it's horrible. Yeah, so... What's happening? So yeah, Charlo decides, "Fuck this!" and I'm going to get some of my guys. We're not going to take Riley because he's too good, um, and we're going to get Dead Reckoning and just get the fuck out ourselves. And yeah, then <laughs> then everybody's out. Like we're, we're with some uh, we're military guys out near the fences. I think near the slums again. I'm a bit confused. And then hearing these noises, and then one of them goes, "What the hell's that? Is it screaming practice?" Because uh, there's all these zombies at the fence, and they're pushing it over.
3: What a weak fence, by the way. Like, really? (laughs) That's... That fence was so, like, just flimsy. Yeah. Yeah. It's
0: the end of the world, and I'm like, oh, this'll do.
3: Yeah, one fence.
0: That's why I think, like, this must be... Because this is the first line before they get to the slums, so I get they don't care about the slums so much, but they managed to then get into the city pretty easily, so it's like... "Mm."
3: Yeah.
0: But I guess they're not expecting... A big daddy coup. <laughs> I happen. guess uh, this is the moment where Big Daddy figures out how to use his gun, not just to carry it, and then we get a montage of zombies eating people. Classic. Classic is that one.
3: the part where that one zombie eats the fingers like oh, French yeah, yeah. fries? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, like little French fries.
3: <laughs> oh man. <laughs>
0: It felt a bit sanitized, I have to say. I was like, oh, this doesn't feel quite as shocking as it used to. <laughs> um, yeah, and then they continue on towards the tower. Again, they found people now, so I don't know how Big Daddy knows he has to get to that tower. Like,
3: He just saw the lights. Oh, look at just those the lights? lights. He just likes
0: the lights. Uh, but let's he's, go he's, he there. Doesn't like sky, <laughs> he doesn't like sky flowers, so why... I don't know. And it's not somewhere he used to go or anything, I don't think. Unless he used to go to that mall, I suppose. But yeah. He just keeps on heading. Sancholo tells Kaufman that he wants $5 million. I don't know how useful money is outside of this I city. I
2: know. I was thinking exactly the same. Like, if you're not going to stay in the city, what's the fucking say use? Say no.
0: Like, take food, take, you know, drugs, take. Like, Take all the things you-
2: that you pillage.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like, he seems like someone who would just stuff dead reckoning full of, yeah, food, drugs, and women and just head out. Like, I don't see him saying, oh, yeah, I need money because we can burn it for a fire or something. It's just stupid. And he's got, he said, you've got to send it out on a boat with just one person because <laughs> I've we, cause we've got dead reckoning and we can blow you out of your tower. Uh, Jihad to of com-
3: style. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he said <laughs> that. Oh my god, God.
0: I mean, this was 2005. It was a particularly not great time for sensitivity in America. I feel. Oh so, man,
3: Romero still.
0: Uh, yeah, so one of the committee members turns to Dennis and is like, "Pay him." Dennis goes, "We don't negotiate with terrorists. <laughs> we have other options." <laughs> what are
3: you just like? It, the that tower is America. Like you're now the. I don't know. Yeah.
0: He is he is yeah representing. I feel the government in yeah, post sure. 9-11 America, for sure. <laughs> so Riley's taken out of his cell because uh, that's their plan. We're going to get Riley. Uh, we're going to set him on the on the scent. Now we're quite a ways into the movie. For me, this is really where it's like, all right, this is what the fucking movie should be, shouldn't it? Like the movie should be right at the beginning. This guy who's like we set up Kaufman. We set up John and Guzamo in their relationship. The Guzamo feels betrayed. He steals Dead Reckoning and takes it out of town. And then we have this group of protagonists who are sent by the bad guy to basically kill or bring back the other bad guy. Like that's the movie, surely. It's like their journey on a mission. And we're only just getting to it now, like way, way, way into the movie. Like mm-hmm. a long way in. It just feels <laughs> like the lack the lack of energy is just confusing to me. But yeah. But yeah, so like Riley wants, basically what he's saying is he doesn't want money. He doesn't want anything else. He just wants a car um and for his friends and some weapons um, and for his friends to come with him because they're going to head north. So, Kaufman's like, sure, whatever you want. Uh, but he's got it till midnight to bring back dead reckoning. Meanwhile, a guy that we saw on a skateboard before for a single shot just to establish him <laughs> is... He's scooting along, investigating a little shack by the river. We're just setting up some spooks that are about to happen. Yeah, and then some businessman suddenly walks into Riley and his team and gives them three more members who's like, these people are going to join you. So I've just written down expendables, I guess. But amazingly, some of these don't die, which I thought for sure all three of these people are going to die. So we get another girl, because here's the rule with this film. I don't know if you noticed it. You have Johnny Guzamo's group. One girl. You have Riley's group. One girl. Then this businessman brings in the new group. One One girl. (laughs) So you gotta like balance each of them out with.
2: Zombies had quite a few girls.
0: That's true. Again,
2: cheerleader girl. They had the girlfriend zombie. They're
0: the progressive heroes of this film. Yeah. So we've got three more. We've got this girl who's called. What's she called? Like she's called a boy's name. It's like Pretty Boy. Pretty Boy. Yeah, pretty boy. And then we got a guy who is he Hawaiian? Like a big Samoan?
3: guy? Samoan. Samoan.
0: And then, fuck, who's the third person they get? Yeah, because they said something about, like,
3: oh, you don't know how to hotwire cars. You're from Samoa.
0: Something like that. <laughs> He's Great, like, all the cars
3: in Samoa are hotwire or are stolen. Something stupid like that. She's like, I'm from Detroit. There's more cars there.
0: Oh, yeah. And then the third person is that I've just got him down as Torch Man because later on he does some stupid things with the torch, which we'll get to. Yeah. So they're thrown into the mix and then they come out and they see the aftermath of what Big Daddy has done earlier. So that means Big Daddy. So they've like gone under the river, right? And then come out the other side. So Big Daddy's kind of past them, I guess, geographically by this point. So they're actually going away from Big Daddy while he's heading inwards. I guess. And they miss him because he's like getting to the river and they use the tunnel under the river. I think that's the geography. It is confusing. This is the bit when Azio asks Charlie why he licks his rifle. Yeah, and he says it catches the light. And then he saves her, yeah, with a little shot. And then they replicate that in a second where she saves him in exactly the same way. But seems to wound his ear. But then he's also fine. <laughs> There's a lot of wounds going around in there, some people are just fine. Yeah, so this is when Riley and Expendable Guy with Torch Uh, are walking around in that little shack and they're finding all the zombies eating people this is my first moment where I noticed this unrated version because we've got a shot of a zombie with its fucking arm down a guy's throat oh
3: yeah that was disgusting and one thing that wasn't lacking in this movie which is you know George Romero thing is there were a lot of guts
0: yeah a lot of
3: pulling out the guts
0: but it's a universal film, so you can guarantee none of that, leaving them in, out of the fucking fridge for too long and none of the uh, eat, making people eat real intestines or <laughs> anything like that. This will all be prosthetics for sure. Um, ethical ethical yeah. guts. I fucking love that shot. That's great. I mean, it's, it's completely stupid, but it, it looks fantastic. Yeah, and then we get a bad one straight away afterwards. We get, cause it's, So this is the first film that Romero did in his zombie films that's digital, and we get CGI zombie. Oh, I didn't but yeah, notice. It's got Did you not notice it's the one whose head is hanging off and then it yeah. flips it forward to then bite uh, the, the torch guy. Collar oh collar
2: right. thing. Oh, yeah.
3: that was CGI'd?
0: Yeah. It's, oh, it looks terrible god uh, god bless you though christina <laughs> i love you for this stuff because when we did the star wars stuff and there's oh all this terrible god. cgi you're like that's cgi and i didn't notice <laughs> like, are you kidding me it I looks didn't terrible. Know. what
3: is cgi
0: <laughs> just kidding <laughs> but that's honestly really nice because it means some people just don't care it's like that's great yeah that it didn't pull works. me out it totally pulled me out i was really like oh god that looks terrible but yeah, now they're establishing that it takes less than an hour before somebody turns once they've been bit.
3: Yeah, sometimes.
0: Yeah, which is much quicker than it was in Dawn of the Dead. But, right. Maybe as the zombies rise in power, their viral infections speed up. So Cholo and his team are just hanging out in Dead Reckoning, doing nothing. <laughs> and wait, i almost going to... Yeah, he's like, oh, I do like this shot. Yeah, sorry, there's a zombie like outside and he opens the door to shoot it and they do it in one frame where you see the security TV so you see him shooting on on in the frame, but then like through the TV, we see what he's shooting, kind of thing. But that's kind of cool. That was actually a director idea. I was like, oh, there's an idea behind that shot. It's kind of nice. Yeah. So then uh, Riley tells the other people in his van, and he's gonna he's gonna steal the truck. He basically he just suddenly pulls over the car with these new people and just sort of holds them hostage and says, "Look, I know you guys are here to fuck me over. You're not going to. We're in control." and I'm going to steal this truck and we're going to use that to get out of here which is a weird like because they're in the middle of a conversation and he just pulls the car over and just suddenly is like oh yes, yeah shit I forgot <laughs> I have to tell you this is my plan uh, but no boat has turned up for Cholo so they prepare for war meanwhile sc- <laughs> skateboard boy is getting eaten by a clown zombie
3: <laughs> by first scared by kid zombie and then eaten by clown zombie
0: <laughs> yes <laughs>
2: There was a clown zombie in the previous film, in the, um, was it Day? The one in the bunker? Oh,
0: uh, yeah. Do you reckon this is the same one? He's been on a long road trip.
2: <laughs> Possibly with a costume change.
0: Yeah, we do get some little nods, but I'll get to them later. But we get some weird nods to characters where it's like, and in future films as well, where it's like, does children Romero really care? <laughs> or is he just <laughs> doing what he wants? This is where we get a big money shot. This was a huge thing. Like We get thousands of zombies on a pier. Uh, yeah. With Big Daddy, and then looking at the water, and Big Daddy's looking at the reflection of the tower, and then he just steps off into it. I mean, this is a pretty cool shot.
3: Yeah, yeah. really cool. I was a lot of zombies.
0: Yeah, they do good set extension there, but there's lots of yeah, lots of real extras, which he's always like. I mean, there's one thing Romero can do; he can fucking get together a lot of people in a room to be zombies. <laughs> like when he puts out a casting call, people turn up to be a zombie. In this yeah.
3: Room, so.
0: Yeah, and, and then all works. the all
3: other zombies are just staring at him, looking like, oh, what's going to happen? <laughs> is he going <laughs> to come up? Oh,
0: oh, we in the water? <laughs> I was really, I don't know why in my brain, I think it is it Pirates that does it, where you have the zombie pirates and you see them at the bottom of the ocean walking. Oh,
3: yeah. I don't, oh, but then also in, uh, what's that show called? Oh, my gosh, uh, Game of Thrones, where all of the, yes. the, White Walkers mm-hmm. eventually when go when they go in the water.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. You get that cool under. Yeah, that's a similar shot, isn't it? Yeah, I, I don't know why. In my head, I was expecting that shot here, and we didn't get it, which was a bit of a shame. But yeah, not not enough budget. Maybe if he'd they'd given him his thirty million that he's always asking for. But <laughs> um, but yeah, this is where we get a very cool shot of Big Daddy coming out of the water like head first, and the other zombies appearing. I love this. This is such a fucking cool shot. Like all the heads just popping up. So it's actually, it's an homage to a classic scene from a film called Carnival of Souls from 1962, which was even before Night of Living Dead. And that film is a film which Romero cited as one of his influences for Night of Living Dead. Um, they weren't zombies in that, they're kind of ghouls, but there are little similarities that he's sort of taken for some of his films. And, uh, there's a scene like this, but not as good. So yeah, Dennis Hopper now has decided to pack his bags and leave. <laughs> He's also taking his money. Now he just seems money. like a man who might be smart enough to realize no money only matters in the society that I've built up on this one fucking tower.
3: And the only his vehicle to escape is what like a, a just a Lincoln or something. Like you would <laughs> yeah. think that he would have like more of a escape vehicle.
0: Yeah, like a proper jeep. Or like, why would you have one dead reckoning?
2: Exactly. That's make what dead I was reckoning.
0: wondering. Make more dead reckoning. Yeah, or at least really smaller ones or something.
3: Yeah, it's kind of weird.
0: It's very weird. I mean, he is fucking weird in this entire movie, and particularly what's about to happen with him because he's about to spend the rest of the movie in an elevator, apparently. <laughs> but, but yeah, he's packing his bags. He's stuffing money in, and then meanwhile we cut to two lesbians making out for some reason. <laughs> You then get killed which is that was the only bit i've ever had in a romero film so far where i'm like this is completely gratuitously bizarre like there's just no reason for this but then we do get a very cool top shot like
3: there was a reason for that for the dad to uh, (laughs) to uh (laughs) molest his moves on his daughter
0: I think there is though I don't think that's like I don't think that's meant to be titillating you know <laughs> like I feel that's definitely there's weird character things going yeah, on yeah I know I know whereas with this it's just like I don't know it's like did they just have two girls on set who were making out Romero's like put them in put them over there so weird uh, yeah but we got a cool top shot of zombies sieging the empty part of the city like thousands of zombies um, this is really again how you feel like Day of the Dead should have gone and and what's that? I've got a weird note written down here. Weird stuff happens as big guy punches his friend out as she's trying to con the others. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know I'm confused because it was confusing. Do you remember when we come back to Riley and his and his friends and his not friends as well, like the new people, and the girl...
3: Yeah, why did he assigned, punch her? Like, oh, yes, yes. I thought I missed something. Like maybe she wasn't like on board with what they were going to do. Well, she, she was a bit...
0: But she just looks at the Simone guy and then he just punches her out. Yeah,
2: I didn't get it. She she said something that kind of didn't go with the group's decision or something, but it wasn't like a major rebellion (laughs) or anything. She just like (laughs) spoke against him or something.
0: But we don't get like, there's literally nothing there to show us that the Simone guy has even gone. Yeah. You know what? Riley seems pretty cool. I'm going to go on his little adventure to Canada. No, he did say that. Did he? Literally well, he that. did
3: say, um, <laughs> hey, Charlie, go follow Riley because I like that guy.
0: Oh, really? Oh, yes.
2: Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah.
0: So, he's just immediately like, well, fuck this girl sitting next to me. <laughs> it was
3: a little, I should have rewound it to just figure out what she said to make him do that. I didn't know to
0: say anything. I thought she just looked at him and then he just punches her. I'm like, what <laughs> the
2: fuck is happening? Romero and women getting punched
1: oh my god
0: yes
2: (laughs) so true good one Haruka
0: (laughs) poor (laughs) Amara yeah I don't know anyway um, Cholo's team come across Riley and Charlie at this point uh, while Azia and the Samoan guy are hiding so Azia cocks a gun (laughs) but like a fucking idiot makes a noise while doing it. (laughs) It's so (laughs) dumb. It's like Riley's having this conversation with Cholo and trying to be pretty honest about stuff. He's like, yeah, they sent me to get you and yeah, all this stuff. And then she just like cocks her gun and makes this massive noise and everyone just turns and looks at her. (laughs) Come on. You're Hmm. the fucking daughter of Daria Gento, You can cock a gun properly. Yeah, and then this is this is the moment where the zombie sees the city perimeters, um, and Big Daddy gives—is it a cheerleading girl? He gives a gun to.
3: I don't know. And,
0: and then he like teaches her how to shoot it. <laughs> yeah. He really does.
3: I don't know.
0: How do you write this stuff? <laughs> like honestly, how do you write that scene and go, "Yeah, that will probably look all right."
2: I'd I mean, love to I, read the script.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think they do a good job considering, like, I kind of, I'm not hating that stuff, but, I mean, I guess now's as good a time as any. How do you feel? I know you guys like Bub. Mm-hmm. How's Big Daddy and his new, very evolved style of smarts that he's got, like, are you buying that or is it stupid?
3: I liked Bub a little bit more for some reason, like, but I don't know. I really don't know how I feel about it. Sometimes it's a little cheesy. hmm But, I mean, it makes sense because really, like, uh, if this, uh, this, uh, if these, zo- these zombies are around long enough, why aren't they gonna evolve? Like, humans evolve, like, animals evolve. Like, why wouldn't a zombie evolve eventually? So,
2: I like that concept of it. I mean, I really didn't like it at the beginning of the film and you know the fact that they were like you know they had the smarts combined with all these various caricature costumes like clowns and cheerleaders and stuff I was like oh, it's a bit silly <laughs> but I did like uh, Big Daddy because I liked the sadness behind his, his eyes but the whole, yeah, I thought it was a bit silly. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm with you with that. They might evolve, but we're not that far in the future, are we? Really? Like, it
3: felt really far.
0: You think? We're a few generations, maybe?
3: At least, yeah, it felt like at least like 10 years
0: because that, for me, is the interesting stuff they could be talking about. Is like, what's it like for kids who are brought up into a yeah, world of zombies? That's exactly what known? I thought about. Like, and, especially
3: in that in the tower, like I wondered, like, if people would just start, you know, having a bunch of kids to to outnumber the zombies, and and what what about those kids? You know, like how what's going on? You know,
0: what yeah, do they think about things? Yeah, unfortunately, in a hierarchy society like that, with dickheads ruling it. And in a post-apocalyptic world where people are massively outnumber by zombies, it's not gonna go well for the girls. Like it's there's gonna be a regimented thing of we have to everyone has to give birth, like to as many kids as possible, because we need the next generations to rebuild the populace. Like it's and that's kind of the stuff that I'd imagine someone like Romero would get into talking about the politics of that stuff and then free choice and then, you know, life and stuff like that, like abortion rights or something like that. Like something new he could be talking about. But really, like, he doesn't go anywhere near that. The Walking Dead does a tiny bit of that stuff, but not not enough. Yeah. Uh, but I don't... I, yeah. I mean, I hate them using guns, I'll be honest. But it's also uh, the only character, again, in this film that I'm kind of behind. So, I'm like, well, I don't like it, but I don't really care about anyone else. I know I should... I care a little bit about Asia, but she's not really giving any time. So... It's really like Riley and Charlie, and Charlie. He goes from endearing to I want to kind of punch him pretty quickly for me.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, anyway, so Cholo is going to shoot the tower down, uh, and he reveals that Kaufman has been taking out their friends to the garbage, which again is like, ooh, okay. But then the missiles won't fire because Riley has used a little box?
3: Yeah, that he had s- perfectly in his pocket. <laughs>
0: Did we see this box before? Was this at the beginning no. of the film?
3: It's like a transmitter thing or something.
0: Well, it's good for them to establish that for us, before <laughs> using it in an integral plot moment later. But
3: we do know that he's the one that built the whole
0: thing. Mm-mm. Okay, okay. So he's basically got his own little firewall thing in it where you can't use the missiles, um, and then he breaks it.
3: Oh, it's his. Tra- it's, I think it's a tractor too. It's a tractor box. So maybe the tractor box oh, also serves as other things.
0: Couldn't you have just like put a remote in it so we could drive it with that or something? <laughs> Make life much easier. Meanwhile, the girl who got punched inexplicably <laughs> by you know, some one guy wakes up only to be eaten by a zombie. <laughs> of course. It's like, what? why even have a wake up? Or why having punched to just have her get eaten by a zombie and then they leave the car? Like, it's so weird. So yeah, Riley and the team very quickly take over the truck. And I'm honestly kinda of surprised. I'm like, where is the challenge in this? Everyone just seems to be doing what they want to do. Things go pretty well for Riley most of the time. There's no real like there's nothing to overcome. Seems to go pretty fine. So yeah, Dennis Hopper, meanwhile, back <laughs> at the tower. He gets a call. <laughs> but while the phones ring in he kills one of his committee members who realizes that something up and then he picks up the call and finds out that riley has a truck and we get the best bit of <laughs> acting script of this entire film it's so good <laughs> sorry i love it he's just standing there and just a look at his face as he then looks down dead body he's just like oh <laughs> i would have was he say like i would have done so- i wouldn't have I just did something that I wouldn't have done if I knew this. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's so, <laughs> it's so stupid. So
3: stupid. And like, does it really matter because everybody's dying anyways?
0: Like Dennis Hopper, man. Come on. Yeah.
2: Oh, Dennis.
0: Oh, Dennis. Yeah. And then the, the zombies are across the river. We get some cool wide shots as he's looking out and we see the explosions through the city. And Cholo says he's going to go to the outpost in Cleveland. Um Even though he's been shot as well, but he he seems fine. (laughs) Like, everyone just seems fine. Everyone just keeps getting clipped by guns, and they're fine. He just, like, gets shot in the belly, doesn't he? And then he covers it up. Yeah, yeah. If you can't see it, it doesn't hurt.
3: If you're not bit, it's okay.
0: (laughs) Basically, yeah. Guns don't kill people. Zombies kill people. Yeah. Yeah, and then the zombies go fucking crazy. And this is, did you notice the cool little uh, homage here? Well, not even homage, returning character here, Christina. No. Tom Savini
2: in his biker jacket
0: in the bike. He's oh, actually my God. Playing yes. yes. the same character from Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. However, legally credited as a different character because Romero is not allowed to call him that same character because he doesn't own the rights. But it is meant to be
3: totally.
0: So he has been on a little journey. So we could totally have a film just about him getting from Dawn to, to this that's pretty cool but what does that mean that means definitely that he's trying to say this all takes place in the same universe so you can count them all as canon even though none of them make sense with each other whatsoever but whatever uh so yeah has mayhem on the streets and then we get more romero lines of what was built to keep people safe is going to trap people inside good advice america good advice listen up again it's all very true but it just makes it sound so stupid <laughs> But you know oh, my God. You like, know what
3: else was stupid that I forgot to bring up is when Riley was like, oh, nothing bad has happened to me or nothing bad happened to me ever before, you know, any of this stuff. And then he like talks about how his brother was bit and he turned in an hour and he had to kill him. And she's like, well, that's something oh, bad yeah, that happened yeah, yeah. to you. It didn't happen to me. It happened to him. <laughs> Yes. Uh, i mean you, i don't know did you guys not laugh at that
0: oh absolutely oh, yeah. because that came from him earlier as well when she was yeah doing that thing we we're saying where he was saying like you know everyone has a story Gilles oh no i don't want to hear your story yeah then he to come back with that later and still manages to make that even more stupid it's like oh,
2: oh. shakespeare
3: Exactly.
0: <laughs> it's like when you have – you know when you're having a, like a political argument with some friends and then someone sticks up for you? You're like getting a heated argument with someone and then someone in the group sticks up for you and you're like, oh, thank good, goodness, someone's sticking up for me. But then all the points and the way they're saying it is stupid. <laughs> <And> you're <laughs> like, no, please don't speak, <laughs> speak on this <laughs> side of the political – it's like that. It's like – I love you, Romero, and everything you're trying to say, but can you do it in a way that doesn't make even me, someone who's pretty much on your side of the fence, want to roll my eyes? And, like, he's making me want to, like, I want to be with Dennis Hopper. You know, (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) you're being so stupid with everybody else that I want to be in an elevator. Uh, So they can't turn the fences off. So the humans are now trying to get out, and they can't get out because the fences won't turn off. (laughs) And I've written down a sentence here which they say, but I kind of don't want to say because you guys are going to take it. (laughs) <laughs> as me being terrible <laughs> but what? they say it well okay so they've established that there's a the three rivers and then there's one side which isn't protected and they call that throat no don't worry about it anyway <laughs> uh, <laughs> i don't want to do it because i'm going to be judged too much now they say a terrible line to do with common throats but anyway but um, they
3: want to go they have to go down the throat
0: no they literally say you have to come outside the throat, but it's like the, they literally take out words that should be in the sentence to make it the way they want it to be that only makes it an innuendo, and it weirded me out. Is your
3: name Mr. Lee? <laughs> no,
0: <it's, laughs> I'm judging Romero, all right? Because <laughs> there's no reason for the sentence to be rewritten. Yeah, that, that is way. a anyway.
3: weird sentence. <laughs> What's...
0: I quit. I'm just, I'm gone. Oh, wow. Cholo gets hit by a puppet <laughs> zombie, which I fucking love. I love these puppet zombies so much. And he decides he doesn't want to be put down because he always wanted to see how the other half lives.
3: I thought that was kind of cool.
0: Yeah. I agree. Because, you know, what's the difference? You're going to die? Are you going to die and maybe some cool shit happens? You don't know. Maybe it's awesome being a zombie.
3: Yeah. Or you do something really great before you yeah. die.
0: Like you're the first zombie to, you know, Play volleyball or something. No,
3: I meant like you go kill the big man before nah. you die.
0: <laughs> Think about it. Like, there's so many firsts, again, with being a zombies. Like, Big Daddy's the first zombie to wield a gun.
2: Well, yeah. Bob kind of wielded a gun.
0: Oh, that's true. But, he did wield- no, he definitely did. You're right. But a right. machine
2: gun or a rifle, whatever it was.
0: First to teach someone else to wield a gun. First, probably to step into a river cogently. <laughs> Uh, so there's all these cool things you could do. You could just, like, you know, bounce a ball, first zombie to bounce a ball. It's quite an exciting thing to be.
3: Uh, yeah, if you could still be have like in a, be in a relationship as a zombie, the couple zombie. I mean, there's still love well, for you out there.
0: Yeah, exactly. You can watch, what's that film? <laughs> Life, Life After Beth? Is that the one? About the guy who's still in love with his girlfriend when she becomes a zombie. And they try and have a relationship, even though she's a zombie. <laughs> it's with Nicholas Holt and um, what's her name, the grumpy girl who everybody loves, Aubrey Plaza. I think it's, oh. it's all right, it's all right. Anyway, what's happening? Something puppets love it. Uh, yeah, we we'll get some cool more gore here. We get yeah, definitely a couple of seconds that would be taken out in the normal version, which is where they're pulling the skin off of the guy's face.
3: Yeah, that cool. was gross.
0: That's fucking awesome.
3: <laughs> wait, wait. So then we must have skipped the. Or have we got. It must. I feel like the pulling the skin off the guy's face was after this. When the zombie pulls a belly button ring out of the girl's stomach. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah.
3: <laughs> I thought that was funny. Like, who thought about that? If,
0: he fucking like, bites okay. it, doesn't he? Now we're going <laughs> to. And there's a real pop oh. to that as well. Because I feel like they just had a bit of prosthetic, like a lady's stomach left over. I feel for these things, they realize what like, what have we got? <laughs> Let's yeah, just do some cool things. Yeah, it had to
3: have been like that, right? Because, like, you don't write that in.
0: No, it's like the lesbians. You can't, you don't write into lesbians kissing. But,
2: but see, why, no, they're both, like, very naughty things you put into your film, isn't it? Like, lesbian couple kissing and, like,
0: belly, belly kissing. <laughs> out by zombies. I mean, hey. I guess. If maybe. that's
2: naughty, I
3: don't know. <laughs> What a boring life.
0: (laughs) Whatever Romero was into. (laughs) He was onto his third wife by this point, I think. Interesting. (laughs) So then, yeah, Big Daddy, what's going on? I don't know, one of the zombies gets set on fire, so Big Daddy shoots him again, showing his mercy and empathy. And then he picks up a drill. I kind of love this scene, even though it's really stupid. (laughs) And he starts using the drill because it's just all plugged in. And then he walks away and, of course, pulls it out of its socket. And he's all bummed out. He's like, oh. <laughs> Broke my toy. Um, but then all the zombies start arming up. They just start picking yeah. up stuff everywhere. <laughs> I've written down John here for some reason. <laughs> Any clues? Why would I write down John?
3: I don't know, but I stopped writing at this point.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I think the my last thing I wrote was uh, belly button ring.
0: That was the end. Feel the belly battery, <laughs> you know, like that's where I would finish this movie. Uh, we get some nice wives of the zombies in the city again. They get to the tower and then they break into the mall. So we're getting kind of you know a good, a good different version of the Dawn of the Dead here as well as Dead of the Dead. And the protagonists of Dawn of the Dead would be the victims here. That's what I think is kind of cool. Like they would be really what we're seeing in this film is the enemy because uh, we're feeling the zombies are kind of the heroes really. Meanwhile, Riley. Uh, and his dead reckoning crew are off to lower a bridge to cross. And then someone says, "How do you think? This, how do you work this thing?" He says, "Oh, it's just like a video game." <laughs> like, Really? <laughs> how? What? It, what is? I mean, every, what? <laughs> every video game is like, please, uh, so stupid. <laughs> I hate when people reference video games so it's like you clearly have never played a video game. Is it like a touchscreen video game or <laughs> keyboard and mouse? Uh, but then the zombies are surrounding Dead Reckoning, Riley the Bridge, we get some bad CGI deaths here. And then we get Father Christmas zombie. Because really, everybody, like every vocation is here in the zombies. it's, yeah, like, it's uh, like
2: these people like died while they were at work.
0: Doing- yeah, but like doing everything mm-hmm. <laughs> is like... It can't like there's a fucking circus in town while it's apparently christmas while- but then the chili
2: there's all like skimply dressed because yeah. she's doing her chili eating outfit i don't get it have to be
0: and there's a really bizarre exchange between azure and riley as he's clinging onto the windshield of dead reckoning
3: yeah, and she, like, like, oh, looks at him. it was so weird like oh i'm so sorry <laughs>
0: And literally oh. looks around and is like, oh, I just can't do anything. I don't yeah. To. <laughs> this oh, is really, babe. I think it's meant to be funny, but it feels funny for the wrong reasons.
3: <laughs> this movie definitely wasn't funny.
0: Really. No. no. <laughs> I mean, it was occasionally, but because of terrible writing. <laughs> <laughs> Again, potentially funnier when you're watching it with people than on Yeah. Your own. And then we got some people who are trapped between the electric fence and the zombies. So, they distract. They What they try to distract them with the sky flowers. But it only works for a moment. Because guess what? The zombies have taken off the big daddy somehow. um, And are no longer distracted. Uh, Meanwhile, Dennis Hopper, who you remember when we left him and he shot that guy at the top and he was putting money in his briefcase. And he was literally on his way out of the apartment. And then we did, you know, fucking half an hour of a movie. Well, he's now just gone to the ground floor from that elevator.
2: <laughs> Maybe the elevator's really, really slow in the post-zombie apocalypse world. Who
0: knows? <laughs> this is so... Like, there are many stupid things in this movie, but this, for me, is like, this is your big baddie. Not only do we spend no time with him, but literally, that's he literally was about to get in the elevator, and then we cut away for fucking ages, and then come back, and he's just getting out. <laughs> like, it's so stupid. Yeah. And then he keeps saying, you have no right, you have no right to all the zombies. And-
3: <gasps> I know, what was that about?
0: But he can't aim, and he's just like shooting at everybody. Oh, and I know, at and Daddy. he's the worst
3: shot, yeah. It's so terrible. stupid.
0: My um, Big Daddy takes one in the shoulder and interestingly, exclaims in pain. You hear him actually grunt in pain from being shot.
2: Well, the zombie who got set on fire was like screaming in pain.
3: That's yeah, true. it's true. So what does this oh, mean, yeah. And, like if, and Big Daddy shot him to, you know, put him out of his misery, right? Yeah, it's a little I mean, confusing what's going on with the zombie stuff.
0: Because if the evolution of zombies is they're going to get smarter and then they're going to feel pain and empathy. So, they're human again. So they're gonna, yeah. I mean, I'm sure that's Romero's point is they're becoming more human than how humans have become in post-apocalypse. But then you f- keep following that thread. It's like then essentially zombies will just become cannibals. Like that's really like a different type of human mm-hmm. that eats humans. And if is they that... have
2: like intelligence and stuff, then why can't they revert back to their old selves? Why well, have they completely lost their old? But then, like, they are couples who are clearly like still together. So it's like, so Cause
3: it's it's yeah. You know, it is. It's very all over the place.
0: And at what point can they reason? Because here's the thing. All right, I don't eat a lot of meat, but I like me some chicken and I like me some beef. I don't eat pork. I don't eat lamb. I don't eat you know many things. But if I'm learning to begin to reason, and I can see harm is being done to other things, and I have empathy, I might try eating a different animal. <laughs> so, like, at what point do zombies go? Oh, well, we eat meat. Maybe let's try you know a pigeon. <laughs> you know, at what point do they decide let's stop eating people because it's clearly not working out for the world, and we're getting in a lot of you know wars because of it. We could eat a cow instead, mm-hmm. mm. but maybe that's where we're going with the next two films. We don't know. Could be vegetarian <laughs> zombies. We don't know. Uh, sadly, I do know. But <laughs> <laughs> so then Dennis jumps into his limo,
3: <sighs> pours himself a drink.
0: Fucking star. Uh, we find out that Cholo's taken a secret passage to get here, and then Big Daddy turns up. I love this. The Butler guy just runs away. <laughs> yeah. And Dennis is out of bullets The big daddy's about to get in But then he sees a gas pump And we do get I kind of like this This little moment Where he's taken back To his old life um, And he gets the gas nozzle But then he shoves it Through the window Of Dennis's car As Dennis just sits there And watches
1: Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) And he fills up the car With gas And he's just like Watching it for ages And eventually gets out But then Cholo's turned up Zombie Cholo Well
2: it's unclear If he's a zombie Yet at this point Because he's all like silhouetted.
0: He's, oh yeah, yeah, but yeah, you're about to see him pretty quickly, he's he's definitely zombified, Um, and we get some more delightful um, racism here, (laughs) as Dennis Hopper turns to him and says, fucking spick bastard.
3: (laughs) Oh, he said that?
0: He really does, he really, really, really does. So I have written down here what we've had so far, and I think you added something else, but we've had Cholo, a lot, we've had Little Man, someone at one point calls Charlie a retard, and then here we have, oh, spick. Yeah. all words that literally kind of hurt my tongue as I say them, but they're all in it. But again, in context of bad people saying them, so it is just a thing of like Romero maybe just doesn't give a shit, and he's like, look, this is how people talk, and these are bad people, and
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how you
0: know, because you don't have Riley yeah. doesn't say anything bad, does he? No. And I feel Riley is definitely Romero in this. Um, So, yeah, Zombie Cholo attacks Dennis as Big Daddy returns with a flaming gas canister and throws it at the car, so everything blows up. And meanwhile, Riley is surfing the dead reckoning in some bad CGI. (laughs) He really is. He's just on it, surfing the top of it. Um, And then they get to the fences and they see the zombies have eaten everyone. So they uh, they blow it all up and then dozens of more people appear. So he saved the day. And Aja looks at looks. She literally looks at Riley like she just wants to mount him there and then. Like she's just staring at him. She's like, "You saved them." <laughs> it's like, yeah, I use my guns. And the Irish guy who we saw right at the beginning—he's intending to rebuild, but in a new way. But Riley isn't interested. He says, "But then, what will we turn into?" And the guy's kind of like, "Well, we'll have to wait and see." Which again, I kind of like this message, but it's just delivered so cheesily. It's just. Yeah. And and then we get a bit where I turn to Haruka and I go, wait, Riley and Big Daddy have never met. <laughs> like These are our two main characters. But he,
3: they, he's, Riley has seen Big Daddy since, since the beginning.
0: Oh, and that's Big true. Big Daddy right is the, beginning, the one that he, he was like,
3: oh, they, these are these zombies are changing.
0: That's true. And that's, that's true. He, he tried to warn Riley.
3: everybody, but nobody wanted to believe him.
0: That's true. That is true. But they haven't had like a proper, you know, they haven't met. Like you wait for no. the moment where they stand opposite each other and they kind of respect each other or something, you know? And it doesn't happen. But we do get this ridiculous scene where Riley then, like, we kind of see some zombies go silhouetted going over a bridge. It's kind of a nice shot. And Riley looks for some binoculars and sees Big Daddy on the bridge, who's guiding his crew across, and then sort of stops as if he can sense him. And then sort of <laughs> turns to look at Riley. Even though there's no fucking way you could see him. And then turns back and sort of in a melancholic way he continues walking with his group. And then the people in Dead Reckoning go to shoot them, and Riley says, "No, don't shoot. They're looking for a place to go, just like us." It's like, yeah, you just killed all those other fucking zombies. You just <laughs> blew them all up, and then everyone's like, "Oh, you saved all the people." It's like, yeah, the place <laughs> they're looking to go is in your town to kill all your people, <laughs> <laughs> which you just killed loads of them from doing.
3: Oh so, man. <sighs> <sighs>
0: Anyway, so we ordered the fire off the last fireworks because we're not going to need them anymore. And then they head north as fireworks explode overhead. And we end to spooky, spooky music. Yep. The end. The end. The end. So the film premiered at the Bayam Theatre in Pittsburgh, which in 1968 was called the Fulton Theatre. And it was the very same theatre that Night of the Living Dead had premiered in almost 40 years ago.
3: That's cool.
0: That's nice. Dennis Hopper's character was based on Donald Rumsfeld, who served as Secretary of Defense for Gerald Ford in the 70s, and then again from 2001 to 2006 for George Bush, and both him and Romero. So he was like Secretary of Defense at the time when they shot this, and both him and Romero decided, yeah, we want to base this motherfucker on. (laughs) Base him on Rumsfeld. Yeah, Romero implied in interviews that Hopper's cigar budget cost more than the original Night of the Living Dead. (laughs) (laughs) That was great. This is the first Romero zombie movie to use the two point thirty five uh one aspect ratio, which is what most sort of cinema scope movies do, so definitely got a more cinematic feel to it because of that have you got have you got any notes Errica do you wanna chime in with
2: so who were the um so what's his face was playing a cameo right Simon Pegg yeah,
0: yep, and Edgar Wright as well the director
2: all oh, right, okay.
0: Because, yeah, Romero had seen Shaun of the Dead and loved it so much that he was like, you guys have to come and be zombies in my next film. Uh, so, they're in the carnival and bar room sequence. Um, and actually, on the unrated cut, you'll see them. They're on the front cover. They're actually featured zombies on the front cover for that. For the so, unrated. this
2: film was post Shaun of the Dead? Yes. That's interesting. Yes.
0: Yeah, because I remember Shaun and the Dawn of the Dead remake both came out the same week in the UK because uh, we went and saw them both like pretty much as a double bill. It was a good zombie week.
2: Yeah, I feel like this film didn't age as well as Shaun of the Dead did, to be honest.
0: No. <laughs> or the Dawn of the Dead remake, arguably, but we'll get there when we get to that one one day. Another little nod is that the soldier who's playing cards and has his head pulled off has Rickles on his name tag, which was a soldier from Day of the Dead. Oh. Which really puts all canon out of whack because they all die in that film. So it's like, okay, is he just, or did he pick up that shirt? And continue on (laughs) The Fiddler's Green so that's actually a song uh, about a place where cavalry men would go when they die Uh, located quote from the song is halfway down the trail to hell so by the end of the song hostiles are closing in and the advocates commit suicide by pistol but they don't do that here so it's like alright you think you'd at least echo what happened in the song and yeah and you mentioned Dennis Hopper and Robert Joy had worked together on Waterworld before so that's where that a little exchange with the gun happened. Did you know Dennis Hopper had also worked with John Leguizamo before in the little movie called Super Mario Brothers?
1: Oh, <laughs> that's a great John film. Leguizamo
0: plays Luigi in that, and Dennis Hopper plays oh, does Bowser, he? doesn't he? I think, yeah. It's fucking
1: oh,
3: fucking funny.
0: Domination. And my last little note here is: we like to talk about what the zombies make in these movies, right? Oh yeah. So, a non-union zombie, because now we're in like, this is a studio movie, right? So, before it's always been, sure, you can get away with weird stuff, giving them fucking lunch boxes or whatever. Now, a studio movie, big money. A non-union zombie would make 70 do- $72 per six-hour shoot. That's Canadian oh. dollars.
2: Six hours? That's a pretty short yeah. film in there.
0: Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's the base. I mean, I think they obviously add on top of that, but that's just how it's divided up. It's the six hours, 72 bucks, uh, Canadian dollars. But if you're a union zombie, for those six hours, you'd make 158 bucks.
3: That sounds more like it.
0: That's
2: why you should always join the union.
0: As a director, I recommend no one joins any unions whatsoever. (laughs) So this film got a 6.2 out of 10 on the IMDb. Um, Oh, I did forget to mention very quickly at the beginning, we do have some new talent for like the DP here is a guy called Miroslav uh, Bazak, who did Pontypool. He's done a lot of The Strain, that TV show. And weirdly, he did DP Duties, sorry, not DP Duties, he worked as Electric uh, in Electrics on Dawn of the Dead, the remake, and 300 as well. And we have new music here, which I'm very sad I didn't notice liking at any point, because it's by Reinhold Heil and Johnny Klimek, and they've been working with Tom uh, Tickver, who did Run, Lola, Run, Winter Sleepers, Perfume, Princess and the Warrior. They've worked with him on all of his films since his German beginnings, and they now do music on Mr. Robot, and I like their music a lot, so I'm kind of upset that I didn't even notice it in this film
2: yeah the music was pretty bad
3: oh. yeah I didn't notice the music really
0: that is a shame so yeah Romero came away from this film kind of unhappy with working with studios big surprise <laughs> um, like they interfered in certain ways they made him compromise some ways and he was really just missing like there's a structure you have to do when you're doing a studio movie you know and he's not used to that he's used to me on a point of camera wherever he wants whenever he wants to changing stuff on the fly allowing himself to have fluidity and be more organic and this you can do it so he didn't have the best experience with this and we'll definitely see a reaction to that when he returned with his next film but before we get to that i want to know how you guys felt i actually can't i mean i know we're not super super happy but i can't tell how unhappy <laughs> we all are haruka Let's start with you how do you feel about land of the dead and where do you want this series as it is to go next
2: i thought it was pretty trashy i guess both in good and bad ways i didn't really like it although i did like big daddy and i liked charlie <laughs> at the beginning i'm just gonna take
0: that sentence out of context and use that <laughs> like whenever whenever you text someone that's just the sound bite in the <laughs>
2: I mean, Sorry, you know, a continue. big hunky zombie with like, you know, empathy, mm-hmm.
0: a gun, not?
2: <laughs> and gun, yeah, and a cool overall. Overall, is that the word? Yeah, right? with his Jumpsuit. name
0: reassuringly etched onto it. It's good to know. looks pretty hot. <laughs> um,
2: but I, I like the concept of like potentially. I potentially like the concept of you know zombies with like f- feelings, maybe. But I felt like. They didn't really, you know, think it through in this one. I didn't like any of the, yeah, the characters apart from Big Daddy and potentially Charlie, which is, yeah, I didn't really like the good guys. I didn't really like the bad guys, which is a shame since, you know, Dennis Hopper and all those people being involved. Yeah, and it had a cool, you know, Mad Max meets, from dust till dawn kind of vibe which you know would have been cool if they nailed it but I felt like it didn't quite nail it yeah so I like the whole like you know completely post-apocalyptic new civilization high-rise blah 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 but I didn't like the execution of it so yeah it was a bit f-
0: yeah yeah and just to be clear, when we get to our wrap-up episode, we'll get into putting them in order. So I'm not going to ask you yet because I don't want to know where it ranks for you. So we'll wait for that. But but where? Do, I mean, what do you want him to do next? Like, what do you, do you think he has anything that he can now add to the zombie genre? Since like zombies have changed so much, you know, and the modern dawn, like with Shaun of the Dead and Dawn of Dead remake, and Walking Dead about to come out. Like, where do you think that leaves what you want from a Romero zombie film?
2: Well, I just wish he would like go back to his like original, you know, like down to earth, smaller scale, intimate films. But I don't think he will because his films are getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And this is like, because you were saying his previous film was supposed to be his gone with the wind of zombie films, which has is now. So this is like his original idea for that, right?
0: Part, I mean, partly. There were bits that he couldn't do with day that he did here. I don't know, man.
2: <laughs> I really <laughs> what do don't you know. Want? What do
0: you want?
2: I want a good, decent, simple zombie film. Like something simple without, and yeah, like with a good message, but, you know, nothing, none of these like, mm, 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 you know, you know what I mean.
0: I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Okay. Thank you for uh, clarifying here we go. <laughs> <laughs> christina
3: i have to go get a cold pack really quick because my computer is overheating so i'll be right back.
0: okay oh my god not even editing this out this is pure magic we're gonna keep it <laughs> um you can just keep talking then here we go while we filled some time uh, mm-hmm. leaving our audio listeners and just trepidation trepidation is a bad word What are we going to do with this? We're going to go see Deadpool. That's really dating when this podcast goes up. If you listen to this, years in the future, we're about to go see Deadpool 2. Oop! oop. And she's back. I like this Positano jumper. She's gone. What? Um, Hey, she's admiring your jumper.
1: Oh.
3: I love your little cool
0: pack for your your computer. That's adorable.
3: Alex taught me that.
0: He did, didn't he? Yeah.
3: Well, because those freaking things took like three hours to do. Ah.
0: Yeah, Star Wars podcasts take a while. And we're going back next week. Um,
2: (laughs) Good luck.
0: Christina, how do you feel about the land of the dead and what do you want? What do you want?
3: (laughs) (coughs) So I was actually really excited because such a long time passed between this film and the last film that they made. So I thought like, oh, well the um graphics will be really good and everything will just look so much better um which it did it did look really great and um and like from the beginning i didn't know anything about it before so f- from when it started i was like oh wow like it looks so good and i could tell that it was uh you know that they had such a bigger such i mean they had a lot more money you know like their budget was huge in comparison to all the other films. I was like, oh, maybe this is gonna be like fun to watch, you know? And then I noticed that they had all these really great actors in it. And I was like, oh okay, great. So the acting's gonna be good. I was really excited. I was like, oh, okay, this is gonna this is gonna be easy one to watch, right? And you know, it was like easy to watch. I followed along like pretty well. It wasn't torturous, but and you know, a lot of the acting was a lot better than all the other ones. But then it was missing that, like, I don't know. I was kind of like, oh, I kind of like feel like some of the other ones kind of had this like funny charm to it. And, like now looking back at it and it didn't really feel like I now see like some of the uh, like the Romero traits in it like I see it more clearly now afterwards but like while I was watching it I didn't really I was like oh it doesn't really like I thought maybe like it was co-directed or like somebody else like wrote half of it or I just didn't feel like it was really one of his his movies but I do now see that it is Um. so anyways I, I don't know I have like mixed feelings about it it was like okay to watch and it had some really cool people in it, but I don't know. I feel like it was like missing the heart, you know, and the charm, and and sometimes I guess those really bad old movies are a lot more shocking to watch because of like what you know they do and of the time and and sometimes it it's weird shit, you know, <laughs> What were you saying?
0: <laughs> but maybe one day live long enough, and this will be a bad old movie.
3: <laughs> yeah, I guess. So I mean, there's things that I like liked about it, you know, but but I did miss some of the. I got. I guess I kind of got nostalgic over the other ones.
0: Yeah, and what do you want him to do next?
3: Kind of like. I don't know. It's so, like, I I have no idea what he is going to do next, you know? Like, I'm like, where where do you go from here? I feel like it would just be kind of s- uh, something similar to this, really. I mean, I guess we should know? ask you
0: both, like, do you want a literal sequel? Like, do you want to see Riley and people and where they go from here? Or do you want a new team and, like, a new...
3: Um, It would be interesting to see a literal s- uh, sequel because we haven't seen that yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it would be fun to follow these characters because I I do kind of like them. I like Riley, Charlie, and what's her name?
0: Uh, I call her Asia the whole time. <laughs> I forgot yeah, her Ajia. name in the in the actual. Yeah,
3: film. I mean, it would be cool to see them on the road, looking for this new new city or new place to go, and finding it and seeing how they run everything. But um, yeah, that'd be
2: cool. I think I'd rather watch a Big Daddy sequel. <laughs> I'm not interested in <laughs> Riley's journey, but I would be quite interested to see Big Daddy's journey and where the zombie civilization will head.
0: Could they do an entire film? Do you think just in mute, where you just yeah. find the zombie for the whole film? I would film. totally watch that. It's a silent movie. Yeah, just following him. Mm, mm. Yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: that would be fucking
0: great. I'd watch and that you
3: sure. know what? Like it would have been like even it would have been more fun to see uh, Fiddler's Green to. Like, I kind of wanted to be, I kind of wanted to, like, want to live in Fiddler's Green, you know, like, but they didn't really make me feel like that because they didn't really show me all the great things about it, you know? Like, they did the mall in, um...
0: <laughs> I know, you love the fucking <laughs> Day mall. Day of the, Dev, you Romero, it was Day of the so Dead, you know? so upset with you right now. Yeah, like, uh, like I wanted to
3: live in that mall. Like, that was fun. This one, I was just like, uh... Oh, they didn't use it as much they, as they could have.
0: No, no, that's all. I agree. Yeah, so I think we're all sort of on the same page in that it's muddled. Um, it's not. The problem is, it's like, it's like you're saying, there is a charm to the old films even when they're bad. Like, Day is bad. Day is a bad, bad film. But there is a weird charm to it still. And it's hard to tell is that just because it's old that you allow it to have this charm? Or is Maybe. it, you know, it's difficult. With this movie, the problem with it is it feels like what it is, really, which is this little indie director who honestly he's never been that great at directing like he's not that great with visual flair i still think knight actually has the best ideas for shots of them all as a director at least but he's he's not the best writer and he's not the best director he's just got good ideas and good passion and it's like you've taken that person and you've given them too much money in a studio structure which is exactly what happened so, everything looks great. Like, this is the best looking one by far, by a long, long, long way. Definitely. There are professionals working on this movie, and it looks that way. Like, everything feels like how a zombie film should feel when you just freeze a frame and look at it. However, yeah, characters are sorely lacking. Like, I don't care about these people at all. You don't build the antagonist properly. The stuff you do with Big Daddy is the only thing I can attach to, and it's kind of stupid. So, I mean, the things that I really enjoy, those tiny moments of gore, which is why I think if you're going to watch this, what's the unrated one, um, and a few shots like, yeah, the water shot. There are a few good shots here, actually, which I would credit probably more to a cinematographer than him, but who knows. There's an interesting storyboard to scene comparison on the Blu-ray, uh, which is they're very meticulous storyboards, and they really followed them closely. But it's it's a really difficult movie because it just it, – It's like, yeah, the reverse of all of his previous films, you know. It's like, this feels like a proper movie. But yeah, I'm getting no character and I'm getting no real charm from it. And it's just a mess. Like, there's so many weird scenes in here that don't need to be in here and strange moments and characters. Like, there's so many characters in this film. And then you do nothing really with any of them. And yeah, after 20 years, I mean, you have to bear in mind, Romero's 65, I think, when he was directing this. And he's been not—he hasn't done a zombie film in like twenty years. Like it's a long time. So you would hope that he'd have a lot of ideas stored up. And instead, he's ransacking day. And what I find frustrating the most is that the elements I like from this movie are the bits that I don't like in day. But the bits that I like in day are pretty much the bits I don't like in this. So in my head, it's like if only you could have made that day the way you wanted to. You know, it's like, if only you had had that budget back then or compromised a little bit to do it right. Because if you took the elements from Day that are good, which is really that beginning and ending, <laughs> nothing in the middle, and then you took the bits from this that work and mixed them together, I think it would be pretty great. Like, I really do. I think it would be this huge epic that he seems to want to make. But unfortunately, this is like a hollow husk and Day is a hollow husk because they seem to have been split in half. I mean, the one benefit here is this is his shortest film. Like this is slightly shorter than Night of Living Dead, even. Like this is short and snappy, uh, whereas Day is a fucking slog, and Dawn is obviously very long. But I enjoyed that one. See, so, yeah, I don't know. It's a real. It's more of one of those things. Where, like this is sad because twenty years separating two films that really should have been, you know, written together as one film and done what I think could have been. Yeah, done more successfully, but wasn't allowed to. But, so, yeah, I really – I just, yeah, I feel the same way as you. I don't know. Like, this one's easier to watch than some because it's short and it looks glossy, but it's not good. Um, and particularly, the problem is you can only compare it to the zombie films that were coming out at the same time. And Dawn of the Dead remake is far better, and Shaun of the Dead is far better. And 28 Days Later that come out a few years prior is far better. And this is looking antiquated by this point. George Romero is looking antiquated by this point, and that's a real shame because um, you're like well you're in a new dawn of zombie movies and do you have anything left to give is really the question which we will get answered next week when we will be returning with diary of the dead i'm gonna give you a little tease for that in a second but if you're listening please don't run away yet please go to WeirdGeeks.com, weirdgeeks.com. we geeks.com i'm really mean it. we do all this for free we won't do advertising we don't do patreon we don't do sponsorship or crowdfunding or any of that stuff because we are stupid um so we're just doing this because we want to and it takes a lot of effort a lot of time takes money and uh we have to watch some bad movies so please all you need to do is go with weirdgeeks.com or type in Weird Geeks in your podcast find us subscribe to us leave a comment if you can but you don't even have to just subscribe um, and a rating really really helps us out it helps other people find us which makes all of this worthwhile to us and it would mean the world if you'd like to actually hurl abuse at us or something friendly then, or, uh, I was about saying something inappropriate, I'm not going then email at us at mail at wearegeeks.com, mail at wearegeeks.com, or just for wearegeeks.com, you can find our email, you can find all of our social medias, and you can branch out to our publisher, which is We Are Tessellate, who are a production company We're out of London, LA, and Tokyo. We make feature films. We do this horror retrospective every single Friday. Um, we've done an Iron on suit Friday the 13th, Invasion of the Body Statues, Charles Play, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and other things as well. Next up, we're doing something cool, but we're going to talk about it. Yeah, I think I talked about it accidentally on the regular podcast. We do that uh, whenever we can now, sort of every other Tuesday. Sometimes we do it every Tuesday. Sometimes it's three weeks apart. But that's simply called Geeks, and you can find that on our We Are Geeks channel. And that's where we talk about topical stuff, video games, movies, reviews, depression, what it's like to make stuff, all of that shit. You can learn a little bit more about us personally on our own social medias. I'm Mr. Al White on everything and on the Xbox christina
3: i am underscore hi christina on instagram and twitter Haruka,
2: i think i'm haruka on twitter and ruka.haruka on how instagram many,
0: how many of these fucking podcasts it's i just don't know I don't social know. handles come on Could someone okay. tweet at haruka what her twitter is <laughs>
2: please <laughs> that would be much appreciated
0: uh, thank you very much for listening. We appreciate it. We'll be back next Friday with the second to last in the movies, Diary of the Dead, where I can tell you guys this. We will not have any returning characters yet again. And we're going to be going... Well, okay. This is going to be vastly cheaper. is going to be trying to get back to his roots of no, no budget movie making. And... <laughs> This is a hard sentence to get out of my mouth. We're going to be going found footage.
1: We'll see you next Friday.
0: Until then, we are out, (laughs) geeks. (laughs)